This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Uh, That, again, is freetalklive.com. Going right into the phone calls to start things out. Show about your calls. We talk to TSA George in D.C. You're on Free Talk Live on the Imp Line. Hello, George. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I'm pissed off. What are you pissed off about? Why is that? Uh, Well, we have this new pass program thing. Apparently, it rewards all the newbies with a much bigger raise and twice as much of a bonus as those of us who've been there longer and earned it better, more. So what is the program called? It's called Pass. It's like something based on performance. You know, they're trying to be um, somewhat free market, failing (laughs) miserably, you know. And it's like, on this thing, I I scored myself exceeds expectations on the thing. It's like, uh, doesn't achieve, achieve, exceeds, and then role model. And all the new people who just got hired automatically get role model no matter how um, how crappy they were. Right, good deal. Wow. That yeah, makes and, and, no and sense. Then, yeah, and get this. Um, those who get just the cheese, you know, like, okay, they did their job enough to not, not get fired, and those of us who actually worked a little harder and got that exceed rating, they both get the same bonus. Oh, ready? Yeah. It's just yeah, arbitrary. Only, I mean, and, and Yeah, no, and there's only a 1% difference in pay raise. You know, that's it, like 1% big whoop. Well, when you're dealing with government agencies and bureaucracies, you're always uh, in going to encounter arbitrary decision-making. Uh, there's no Because there are no signals from the marketplace coming in, uh, because, I mean, yes, there are other security firms that one could go work for out there. The TSA isn't really interested in competing with them because it doesn't have any uh, potential loss. It, it won't really matter to the TSA if you go and work yeah. for Wackenhut, for instance. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. Oh, and get this. Remember that um, big screening manager guy that I told you about that said he doesn't, uh, he shouldn't be running a McDonald's, much less an airport? Okay. He got himself a $10,000 bonus. Sweet. Yeah, ain't that... Again, it is typical that uh, in bureaucracy, it isn't necessarily the best employees, as, you, as you're seeing, that are rewarded. It's the ones with the best political connections. And so, you know, it's probably the case that this guy who's a manager knows somebody else who's in administration and is, you know, uh, having sex with him or, uh, you know, just knows him real well and is a drinking buddy or whatever the deal is behind the scenes that uh, enables him to uh, get his back scratched in return for scratching someone else's back, while um, people like you that are just trying to work and, you know, make a living uh, are necess- aren't necessarily as uh, rewarded as you might, should be. Oh, tell me about it. I think I'm going to um, print out the principles of government with uh, my own little essay to add to it and just post it all over the break room and then maybe uh, send something similar to, like, to the Washington Post to tell them what's going on. Now, weren't you looking for another job at some point? Yeah, I mean, no, you've I... been working for the TSA since you've been calling the show, and that's been at least a couple of years now. Yeah, I know. Well, is that, uh, what happened with that bartender gig? Oh yeah, that right there didn't, didn't work out. Well, right. I guess I could, I could still probably go go for that at, at the moment. Uh, uh, I, I understand. It's hard to you know, it's hard to make that government cheese in another uh, you know mar- more market based position because yeah. they've got the ability to tax and they don't have to really concern themselves with with actually making money from, uh, from you know, providing real customer service and that sort of thing. So you're oh, still cool. out there looking, huh? 
Yeah, I'm a plan also to some uh, security um, firms, some private firms right there. I mean, I figured I'd try my hand at that. Well, good know, luck. Then, In the meantime, you'll have to continue to put up with this arbitrary nonsense from oh, the government, God, George. Yeah. Thanks for the call, man. 800-259-9231. And uh, must be... Probably getting a little hectic in the nation's airports, I might imagine, as uh, more and more people begin to travel. It is the traveling season. Yep. For the holidays. I will be getting on one soon. And, you know, he's in a tough position because you know, when you're working in these uh, bu- uh, for a bureaucracy where the, uh, the other side just doesn't get as much money, if he wants to go work for a private firm somewhere, he's probably going to be looking at some kind a of pay a cut. pay cut. Yeah. Yep. And definitely in benefits, too. I mean, I'm kind of in the market, not really in the market for a new job, and I'm sitting there looking at the difference between a private job versus a government bean pusher and... It is really emptied out there. I mean, I, I couldn't... You get all those bennies, man, those oh, sweet man. government bennies, and the paycheck's not too the, shabby the either. The step programs that you get, the talking about raises, I mean, it works with percentage with them, and it just goes up and up. If you get older, you're like, wow, I want job security. There's job security of the government. At least that's what they tell you. Of course, this whole system's eventually going to have to come crashing down you know, something. It, it, all these government programs are tempting. Uh, they absolutely are. It, it's a... It's about principle. I mean, I could take some kind of government program just because Laura's pregnant. Mm-hmm. The hospital's given me all kinds of paperwork for all kinds of things, and included in it is some kind of program that basically if you get pregnant and you make a normal wage, you can get free stuff, yeah. free money and, and, and things like that. My girlfriend's like, coming uh, just coming off her parents' insurance because she, she's graduating college, and she was at went to their doctor's appointment the last under her parents' insurance, and they were giving her all the paperwork for if she wants to get free health insurance. So I mean, they're really just throwing it at wow. you. Wow, I, I think that's really sad because mm-hmm. it's going to it is going to tempt a lot of people that otherwise would be able to afford these services oh, right. to say, you know what, hey, if I can get it for free, screw paying for it. Why should I? Of course, they are paying for it through their taxes and everything. But yeah, but they're paying for it through their taxes anyway. Right. So that gives them an extra reason to say, I'll take it, right? But, because mm-hmm. they feel like they're already paying for it. I might as well recoup as much as possible. And then before you know it, you're used to getting a check from the government. You and, are a slave. Yeah, and who mm-hmm. knows what kind of requirements are going to come along with that as far as, you know, reporting requirements or what sort of information you have to give up in order to get the these handouts. I just right. won't do it because I wouldn't go into a Seven uh, Eleven and steal a candy bar, and I'm not going to steal anybody else's money for anything either. Yeah, but most people don't look at it that way. I understand they don't, but that's the reason I'm not going to do it. It's just hard, and it's it's so tempting. I mean, they hang that carrot out there, so it's dangling right in front of you. And I mean, you just need to be principled in order not to take it, because if I didn't have the principles behind me, why? what's stopping me? I don't know. I I I I get, I get a little bit of solace out of uh, uh, lecturing the, the bureaucrats that offer it to me on stealing. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, have you done that? Yes. Where? When? Where? I did it at the uh, the hospital. What did you tell them? I said I wouldn't go out in the parking lot and steal a car. Why the hell would I take stolen money that you're trying to give me? And what did they tell you? She asked me the next question. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> no point in really thinking about it, huh? At that point, right. At that point, she'd already decided I was insane right. before I had made that statement. Refused. I, I, I told her that, yeah. no, your doctors are not injecting my child with anything. And if they try, I'm going to grab him like a football and stiff wow. arm him on the way out the door. You know, you mentioned that uh, they were, uh, or Mark, I guess it was you talking about the, the pregnancy, all these offers that they're that they're mm-hmm. giving you. Uh, doesn't that sort of encourage people to have children in some roundabout fashion? 
I mean, beyond all the other welfare payments that are available out there for single mothers and that sort of thing, there are a number of of ways. uh, I mean, I wasn't even aware of that, that, you know, the government's just encouraging people to have kids when they might not necessarily be needing to have kids at that point in their lives. I I can't imagine that anybody... Anybody that's paying any kind of attention in America right now doesn't realize that uh, poor people are incentivized to have children, and um, people of middle class and upper class are not. Now, you know, the, the middle class sorts, like you know, where, where I fit, we would get incentives, but not. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have to pay the whole thing on my own if it was uh, wasn't for the government. But I've I've gone through the hospital and I've said, hey, look, I'm paying in cash. Is there any kind of cash discount? And sure enough, there was thirty percent. It's always good to ask about that. Mm-hmm. So as uh, more poor people keep having children and they continue getting on the government dole as mm-hmm. a result of that, uh, it burdens the middle class and, and the upper class, those who are paying the you know the, the great majority of, of taxes. And, man, that's going and, to and create it, a big class of poor people. Right. It, it creates a whole generation of people that uh, believe that it's okay, which likely we already have done to this to some extent, believe it's okay to take money from the government, money taken uh, by force, people are forced to give this money up, and to me, that's wrong. It's right. stealing. And those people are going to stay poor because now they have kids. Right. How, How are you going to get out of that? Right. Uh, and speaking of uh, poor people, Mark, don't you have a story about the the Fed making some new rule changes that have to do with uh, people that are sort of on the edge getting loans? It, right. This, could, this uh, subprime mortgage crisis that's going on. I basically have a keep the poor poor for even longer, essentially. We'll talk about that coming up here in uh, moments. And also, a uh, little girl, 10 years old, has been arrested at school for bringing something to the lunchroom. We'll find out what. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. We've got updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Uh, You will know first if you're on the updates list. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. Savvy Rest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Now, um, Mark, were, were we going to continue talking about the, the poor? Oh, yeah, that's right. You had something about the Fed, didn't you? Yeah, it's... They uh, changed some rules about uh, lenders and who they can lend to. What is happening and, and how does it affect people? Why should they care? Well, um, I don't know that, they, that it necessarily affects them greatly. Um, it's just sort of how the government works. Uh, Fed approves plan to curb risky lending. Federal Reserve endorsed new rules Tuesday that would give people um, taking out home mortgages, that's taking out home mortgages, mm-hmm. new protections against shady lending practices. So anybody now, from now on, taking mm-hmm. out a mortgage. So people that currently have mortgages, they're not uh, being saved by the government. Isn't that nice that the government's coming out and protecting you against shady lending practices? That's, that's what that people say like a, they want the government to do, right? That sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? <clears throat> the proposed rule approved in a 5-0 to zero vote by the board, 5-0, to zero, Federal Reserve, mm-hmm. are geared to providing safeguards to the riskiest subprime borrowers. Already painfully stung by the housing and credit debacles, the proposal is expected to apply to new loans uh, made by all types of lenders, including banks and brokers. The plan will be finalized next year. The Fed, which has regulatory power over the nation's banking system, is proposing restricting lenders from penalizing certain subprime borrowers. 
Yeah, that's nice if you're a subprime borrower. Subprime meaning you... You, you are a scab. You don't pay your bills. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that's, that's the way it goes. Now, why that's would what someone want to lend to someone like that in the first place if you know they're just going to you know, default on the mortgage? Well, um, some of them will default and some of them won't. Okay. And that was the thought process uh, behind these banks, uh, you know, giving the uh, the loans to these people in the first place. So the idea is that you, uh, I'm thinking as the bank here, you come to me as you know some somebody trying to turn your life around, right? Mm-hmm. You've you've blown, you've just blown it. You've uh, well, not paid you, your debt. If you've entirely blown it, you're not getting a home loan, okay? Okay. But if you're if you've got you've paid some bills and Made not paid mistakes. others, yeah, you've, okay. you've got some. You've got crappy credit, but not you know in the crapper credit. So you've made some mistakes. You come to me for a loan, and I say, all right, well, we're going to do this loan, but we're going to do it at you know twice the normal rate or mm-hmm. something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what they basically do? They jack them up to sort of compensate for the risk that they're taking. Twice seems a little uh, high, but I'm not a loan officer, so right. I don't know. Okay? Certainly, there there are penalties. It, it you know your your rate's going to be higher, and you're going to pay uh, a few more percentage points. Yeah, and you're likely to have to pay points in the um, the front or something like that. Um, so now the Fed is saying they can't do that. It's is saying that, that saying? it's restricting lenders from penalizing certain subprime borrowers. It sounds great. If you're a subprime borrower, you think to yourself, great, I don't want to be penalized, and now the banks can't penalize. They're restricted from doing so. Doesn't that sound good? Sounds good. What's okay. the catch? Well, let me, let, me, let me go on. I'm going to read a little bit more of the article, and I'll explain it to you. Those with tarnished credit or low incomes who pay off their loans early, or those who pay off their loans early. The restriction would, uh, and by the way, I've had several, many um, home loans. I have never had a home loan that would ever uh, penalize me for paying off my um, home loan early. That's nuts. They do exist. Right. But I've never experienced it. Yeah. The restriction would apply to loans that meet certain conditions, including those that uh, penalty expire at least 60 days before any possible payment increase. Forcing lenders to make sure that subprime borrowers set aside money to pay for taxes and insurance. So um, the lenders would have to collect the money for taxes and insurance rather than, um, you know, in some cases they just didn't do that. They, um, you know, they let the lenders pay it, which I've had both. Or, excuse me, they let the uh, borrower pay it. Barring lenders from making loans when they don't have proof of a borrower's income. So these are these stated income loans. Now, um, I currently run my own business, and I don't really have proof of income. Nothing consistent. No, nothing that I, 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 you know, we've been in business now. I've been selling ads for Free Talk Live for a little over a year now. I don't have proof of my income. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't get a paycheck. So that means me. I was, a sta- I, I, got a, I was looking for a stated income loan about three or four months ago. This was nearly impossible for me to get. And I had six digits in the bank. Wow. They wouldn't give me a loan for less than I had. The bank wouldn't give me a loan for less than I had with them. And this rule was, wasn't was yet in, in place. That's how difficult it's gotten. What are they trying to do? Like uh, get rid of drug dealers or something with this? What they're trying to do is, um, you know, make it. Well, they're, they're trying to approach the, uh, the subprime mortgage crisis that's uh, been going on in America and solve the problems with the guns of government. And here's how they're failing. Um, let me go just one more. It says. Uh, Prohibiting lenders from engaging in a pattern or practice of lending without considering a borrower's ability to repay a home loan from sources other than the home's value. Okay, so basically what they've done is they've taken people who are subprime, and they said they put these restrictions on banks on um, you know lend, their lending practices to these people. So 
what was essentially happening when there was this huge housing boom in the United States a couple of years ago mm-hmm. is banks would lend anybody who had a heartbeat. Some of those people, a lot of them, um, especially in Florida and California right now, well, they're going into foreclosure. But wouldn't you because say... Because the rates went up because of the adjustable rate mortgages right. and that sort of thing? That and um, they're just... Some of them didn't have adjustable rate mortgages. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, that that's what happened. Life now, happened. They screwed up and... They, they imagined that they were going to be doing better somehow, that their right. practices in spending money were going to change in a couple of years. And so, yeah, well, we'll take this loan. Didn't the, the housing bubble also, the prices of their house went down, so if they did get into trouble, they couldn't really sell that off? They yeah, that, that much is the upside down. That much is true. But it's still a house, and you can still live in it, right? right. Okay. And, you know, you have to have some place to live. So what essentially has happened now is that the Fed has come out and put in place rules that are going to cause banks to not loan to people who are subprime. They're just going to say no, like they did in the old days. So these people are going to be relegated to renting forever. Right. These rules that are supposed to protect these people are essentially going to cause these people not to get loans because the banks aren't going to say, oh, well, there's new rules in place, so we're going to have to give you a better deal. They're going to say, nah, you're too okay. much of a risk. Right. And we're not. And according to the rules that we have set in place here, and uh, we're right, not going to give you a loan. And who's going to get blamed? The banks are. Right. Not the Federal Reserve. <laughs> not the government. The banks are. You know, they're going to say, you're racist. You, you're classist. You're you don't like poor. You don't want poor people to get houses. Yeah. Banks suck. Well, it's not the mm. banks. It's the Federal Reserve. Interesting. So, so basically, the Fed is going to set these new rules, mm-hmm. and the banks are going to look at people coming through their doors looking for loans and say, you know, five years ago we would have given you this loan, but because of these new laws, uh, we just can't adjust our risk enough to to make it fa- uh, possible for us. That's it. And they're going to say no. They're going to walk back out the door, and they're going to have to keep renting until they can somehow get their credit up to the point where they can actually get, get the approval, right. right? Some people... This, this so you're simply just lock, you're just lobbing off a, a portion of the potential loan market. Right. And in and, and that loan market, the subprime market, some of them had foreclosures. Then there were foreclosures in all kinds of areas of, of you know, economic you know, people that had money. Some of them had foreclosures, but some of them didn't. Some of them out there benefited from that, and right now they've got homes that their families are living in, right. and they're paying um, the mortgages on them, and they're happy, and they want you to leave them alone. There is no crisis for those people, but there is now that the Fed's involved. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts? Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free. And uh, so enjoy those on us, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both for you for free at freetalklive.com. The New Hampshire Liberty Forum is happening the first weekend, I think it's the first weekend, yeah, in uh, in January, 3rd through the 6th. Uh, we're going to be there, uh, Free Talk Live, broadcasting live Every single night of the Liberty Forum. Looking and forward to it. There are going to be so many other uh, libertarian luminaries that are gonna, going to be in attendance. Uh, Barry Cooper from NeverGetBusted.com. He's going to be in attendance. Uh, Ethan Nadelman from the Drug Policy Alliance. Peter Christ from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Congressman Ron Paul. I mean, if that's... I mean. 
Ron Paul's huge right now. That's going to sell the event out right there. So if you've yet to get your tickets, uh, you need to go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and uh, get registered. And there's details there. And you can, you know, if you can only make it up for half the weekend or if you can only or if you're only like a Ron Paul fanatic and you just want to come up to, to meet Ron Paul on Sunday, then you can buy individual day passes and that sort of thing. So you don't have to pay for the for the whole weekend if, if you don't want to. But I can tell you that staying for the entire weekend is going to be well worthwhile. It's going to be a hell of an event. Uh, Carla Howell's going to be there. She's from the Center for Small Government. Bob Schultz from We the People, uh, Bernard von Nothaus from the Liberty Dollar. I mean, just Jim Babka was on the phone with him today from DownsizedDC.org. Uh, we're going to have, by the way, Jim, and I, norm, I know we don't normally announce guests in advance, but Jim has agreed to join us for our Christmas Day edition of Free Talk Live. Well, cool. So that's going to be kind of fun. Uh, but yes, Jim's going to be there. Everybody who's anybody in the libertarian movement, in my opinion, will be at the Liberty Forum. So yeah. go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. It's a lot of fun. My only regret last year is I only went for one day. So so you're going to remedy that this year? <laughs> yeah, there's just so much going on. There's I thought that I could get it all in in one evening, but no, it, it'd take a couple days. I mean, if you're close, it's a lot of fun. Now, Toby, you, uh, you're one of the hosts of Free Minds TV, and people can see your show over at freemindstv.com. Uh, you guys, I know you have some level of uh, planning to bring cameras to the event and do interviews and that sort of thing. What do you guys have under your, up your sleeves at this point? Well, we got to see if people are willing, if we have enough crew to bring up the switcher and all that stuff. There's right. a whole lot of packages that have to come up if we're actually going to do a regular show up there, but we'll, we'll see what we have for crew. It's a lot more difficult to uh, take the TV show on the road than a radio show. Yeah. It's not me, just the cameras. A... It's also it's the main major part is the switcher and all the monitors that come along with it and stuff like that. But we'll see. There's a good chance we could be. Well, you you managed to pull it <laughs> off from the middle of nowhere at Porkfest, so I'm sure you can. It'll probably be a little easier at the, you know in the middle of a hotel. Yeah. Uh, so looking forward to that. Once again, freestateproject.org/libertyforum. Uh, so let's go to Ocala, Florida here, and of course we'll take your calls about anything if you make them. A 10-year-old Ocala girl, this according to WFTV.com, she brought her lunch to school recently, and she uh, brought a small kitchen knife to cut it. She now faces a felony charge, 10 years old, after being arrested for carrying a knife to school. The school and sheriff's... This is the craziest thing. But you almost expect it these days. You do. I mean, I mean zero tolerance. And, uh, you know. Are they going to arrest a kindergartner for bringing... I, I, I don't know. Did, I, the, I, mean, did I cut only... my meat when I was in kindergarten? I don't think I did. <laughs> you probably didn't get meat for lunch. Not for lunch, but yeah. I... Uh, you know, I, I would assume that she brought a knife to school with her packed lunch. I That's could very it, well have right. had a packed lunch that was cuttable in kindergarten. Possibly. Um, my mom certainly packed me a lunch more than once. I mean, it's 10 years old, though, Mark. I mean, it's only five years difference from there to first grade or I don't know. It's nuts. It's insane. Here in America, we're charging 10-year-old little girls uh, for felony charges for bringing steak knives to school to cut their food. Oh, but we have to teach her a lesson, Mark. It's insane. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> understand. A dangerous person. My God. The lesson is These you're are supposed adults? to tear at it with your teeth. These <laughs> adults decided that this was the right thing to do? This is the kind of decision-making that's going on in our schools? All these government-paid bureaucrats think that this is the best thing to do? It's this zero-tolerance policy. That's I have zero-tolerance for this level of stupidity. <laughs> Let's take them out and shoot them if we have zero-tolerance. Dear right. God. Well, the idea here, Mark, is that uh, they don't want weapons, and they want to have this uniform policy to Did where... Did the cops come into school with weapons? Probably. Uh-huh. So they want to have this... They don't want citizens to have weapons. 
That's correct. I see. So they want to have this uniform policy where they don't, wherein they don't have to look at the individual circumstances of each case, mm-hmm. like someone who actually cared uh, about the individuals they were dealing with would have to. You know, if you were dealing with a, a private school uh, with people that were actually getting paid by the parents, you'd have to be very judicious about actually meeting out some level of punishment. So you would have to look at the different factors that would come into play as to why a child had a knife. For instance, did the child bring the knife and threaten someone with it? Or did the child just bring the knife to cut their steak at lunch? Those would be factors that you would take into account when deciding see, what the punishment should be. I, I can see that that would be a problem and everything. Uh, you know, what, what if a knife was present when the child threatened someone or something like that? I mean, you know, it, there's all kinds of gray areas here. But this is nuts. You see, zero tolerance makes it easy for the bureaucrats. There's a steak knife, you get a felony. Exactly. So she would get the same punishment, presumably, as a kid that actually brought the knife with the intention to threaten. Though he might get an extra charge for threatening or something. Here's here's what I don't understand. I mean, it it could be a ninja sword or a steak knife. Sure. I I mean, that's... Same punishment. That's what's bizarre. She could bring a gun. She could bring an Uzi to school... And it'd be the same punishment as a steak knife. Well, let me continue the story. Uh, School officials say the fifth grader was brown bagging it. She brought a piece of steak for her lunch, and she also brought along a steak knife, as one would think to do. Uh, That's when the deputies were called. It happened to the cafeteria at Sunrise Elementary School. The 10-year-old used the knife to cut her meat. According to school spokes bureaucrat Kevin Christian, she did not use it inappropriately. She did not threaten anyone with it. She did not pull it out and brandish it. Nothing of that nature. But a couple of teachers took the utensil and called the sheriff. When deputies arrived, they were unable to get the child's parents on the phone, so they arrested her and took her to the county's juvenile assessment center. You see, they took her to the juvenile center. Yeah. Now, a ten-year-old little girl for a steak knife. Are the teachers so incompetent at this school that they can't handle this themselves? They can't handle a situation like this. They have to bring the sheriff into the play. That's what I want to know because it says here the teachers were able to get the knife from the girl. Again, she wasn't threatening anybody, so it probably wasn't that difficult for them to go up and say, "Susie, we're going to need to take that knife." from you and then they took the knife and then there's no more threat of a knife being jabbed into anybody at that right. point so and did this protect the... us from terrorism <laughs> i mean really did this this set of no- this nonsense this this weird behavior on the part of these two bureaucrat teachers and then however many cops came every one of these people is a freaking idiot yeah how, of the highest order how many real crim- criminals got away and how many cr- real crimes weren't solved while these cops were at the school processing this poor 10 year old girl i don't know well you're gonna love this here's what uh, captain james pogue the uh, marion county sheriff's bureaucrat says he says and we didn't handcuff her or treat her like a criminal but we took her to the assessment center to be assessed wait which part of being arrested <laughs> and taken to the juvie center isn't being treated like a criminal what the hell is this man talking about? Well, he is out of his mind. He's living in some sort of a fantasy world where if you don't put handcuffs on a little girl, then she's not being treated yeah, like a criminal. They probably didn't because they didn't have any big, small enough. That's probably a factor her. too. They probably yes. tried as she slipped I, I right don't out know of what them. the reason <laughs> is. They could have zip tied her if they wanted <laughs> right. to. It's as far as I'm concerned, it's 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 a it's a small amount of solace that uh, this bureaucrat's giving me. Yes, I'm glad they didn't handcuff the little girl. But you know, they, he didn't. He didn't claim where, how they brought her to the juvenile assessment center. Probably in the back of a police car. Did they put her in the back of a black and white? Well, what else in? would they have driven there? I mean, they would have had to have driven there black and white. And uh, out of curiosity, I, in most states, um, if you're under the age or under the weight of like 85 pounds or something like that, you have to have a special child seat. Really? Yeah. Not if Did you're the, the cops. cops. 
have her in a child no. seat? No, they didn't. School officials said it doesn't matter what the knife was being used for. They said, Mark, they had no choice. These people are stupid. Anytime there's a weapon on campus, yes, we have to report it. And we aggressively report it because we don't want to take any chances, regardless. Is this what Americans are exposing their children to? Yes. The possibility that these stupid bureaucrats could give, could give their child a felony and drag them down to the juvenile detention center? Remember, these... For bringing a steak knife? These morons are the same people educating your kids. So remember that when you send right. your kids these off to the government teachers, school. You're right. You're right. These two teachers that sent this poor girl to the juvenile that are responsible for sending this. The, okay. I should give them, um, claim what they did. These two teachers that were so stupid they had to um, call the cops for a little girl having a steak knife are the same ones educating your children. Eight. And they can never get you can never get rid of them because they're members of the union. 1-800-259-9231. Your thoughts on this? Anyone support this? This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. And uh, those features include all kinds of things, including the archives, the Shrine of Female Listeners, the live streams, and more. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase being sent to Free Talk Live. You still get the same great prices and great free Super Saver shipping deals at Amazon. It's just that they send us a cut for sending them the business. So start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Have you packed on a few of the pounds for the holidays? Well, you can lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com. Read some of the real testimonials. Find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. Now, we're talking about this just insane zero-tolerance nonsense that goes on at uh, your local government high school or middle school or, in this case, an elementary school. Uh, It's pretty much all across the country. Maybe there are some exceptions where they've overturned zero tolerance and actually gotten back to looking at each incident with a child on a case-by-case basis. But at most schools, they don't think when something happens, when someone brings a knife or a prescription drug to school, whatever the issue is, uh, they just hand out this sort of flat sentence and they punish the kid equally with any other kid, regardless of what their intentions were, regardless of what the facts were in the case. It's just absolutely mindless. Right. This this particular case uh, with a little girl who's gotten a felony and Ten taken, years old. taken to the uh, the juvenile detention center for having a steak knife is probably the most egregious I've ever heard. And it seems like it could... I don't know. The, this, the knife thing has yeah. happened before. And I've, I, I don't know if it was on your show or maybe on Free Minds TV, we recently talked about a story of... Uh, kids being suspended for playing cops and robbers with their fingers as guns. Other that must have been you. That's uh, that's a new one to me. I mean, it's it ha- on the playground. Yeah, on the playground, going around, going bang bang with their fingers, and hey, that's a gun. Zero tolerance. Suspended oh four days gosh. from school. So what? <laughs> it, it just gets crazier and crazier. I, if you just. <laughs> Just go ahead and Google zero tolerance, and it's you'll nuts. come up with story after story that. So anything just, that resembles a firearm right. now is. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, take your children out of the control of these insane bureaucrats who are warping their minds. Right. This, right. A story like this, you should think parents should be pulling their kids out of school tomorrow. They don't want their kids to be t- uh, taught by. 
people who would do something like this. But I don't want pro- my kid to be in a school with a maniac like this. Likely, well, the parents, um, you know, at this point, they're not incentivized enough. They figure my school isn't as insane as, what is it, Sunnyside Elementary and where? Uh, Ocala. I'm Ocala, not sure what the name of this. Yeah, Sunrise Elementary. Sunrise. Um, I, I thought it was pretty close. Um, they, they figure it's not quite as insane as those people in Ocala, Florida. Right. And so, therefore, it's safe for Johnny or Susie to go there. And it's a heck of a lot cheaper than sending them to private school. And we can't afford to have a parent out um, not earning money to do homeschooling or, or whatever the reason. So they, they, they put it aside until it happens. Something right. happens at their school. It's a matter of when, not if. And so in this case, they, they, a girl brought a knife to school to cut her steak. She didn't brandish it. She didn't wave it. She didn't show it off. She just, you know, pulled it out during lunchtime and she started used it to like cut someone her steak. uses a steak knife. Right. And that's when two teachers uh, took the utensil from her and called the sheriff. Now the teachers claim that they have to. That there is, they have no choice. This is the same, uh, just mindless. That's what the Nazis said when they gassed the Jews. I'm yep. sorry. We've just following, following orders. orders. No, no. These teachers cannot abdicate their responsibility. They are responsible for a 10-year-old girl getting taken to the juvenile detention sure center and, and charged with a felony. And I don't care what excuse they have. Yep. And can you imagine being in the girl's position here, being in the position of a, a little girl, 10 or 10 I, or 11 I imagine she old. was terribly scared, but I don't even think she knows what happened. She didn't, she probably never, didn't think for a second that she was not going to be, that, you know, my mommy, I'm never going to be able to go back to my mommy and daddy. That's what somebody could think, um, at, you know, going to the juvenile. I wasn't suggesting center. that, but I mean, the idea that she certainly didn't expect to go to jail uh, because she brought a, a steak knife. Uh, to school, and prior to this, inevitably her only experiences with the police would have been, you know, the friendly school police officer or whatever, you know, when they have like the police day at school where the police come and they have the dog and they show off the fire trucks and, you know, all this sort of, ooh, the police, they're here to help you. Mm-hmm. Well, here they are helping you into the juvenile detention center, and the rest of the story here is the sheriff's office said the extreme measures in what some may say was a harmless incident had to do with school policy and not theirs. See, the sheriff saying, hey, it's not our fault either. It's the school's policy. We're just following orders, too. Just pass the buck. Right. Uh, and their spokes bureaucrat says, but once we're notified, we have to take some type of action. The students... So no. they charged him with a felony. Or else what? Charged him with a felony. Wait, uh, or else what? What would happen if the sheriffs came to the school, you know, they got a call, a student has a knife in the cafeteria, and then they show up and they find out it was just this little girl with, you know, cutting the steak and the teachers have already taken the right. knife. What, what if they would happen? threw the, the knife back at the teachers, spit at them, and said, you're a bunch of stupid idiots and left? <laughs> yeah. What would they do? Would they get fired? I, I, can't, I mean, really, that's what should have happened here. Right. You are a moron, lady. <laughs> But the sheriffs are equally <laughs> moronic because they are just as blindly following these stupid bureaucratic rules. And how can you ever expect to live in a free society when people that are in government behave in this way? I, I don't they're know. robotic yeah. at best. These are the people that are teaching our kids. Well, they're they're conditioning our kids. They're conditioning right. our kids that knives are not to be in your hands. Clearly, uh, they've been conditioned previously. Well, it's been happening for a while. Uh, this zero tolerance thing didn't start yesterday, and I mean, it's only been growing over the years. And sadly, I don't think it's going to come to an end anytime soon. I think that kids are becoming more and more conditioned, not only with searches, but also with this zero tolerance policy. You play guns, you bring a steak knife to school, you're going to get in trouble for it. So you might as well, just, I don't know. <laughs> Not. I now, don't know. Here's I, I, my question, Mark. 
don't the sheriffs have the ability to charge people with things? Like, uh, it's the sheriffs, right? It's the prosecutors that that pr- prosecute those charges. They take them through the court process and all of that. But it's the sheriff that levies, uh, you know, le- um, levels the charges in the first place, well, right? Well, in this case, it would be the, the officers that would have to, to, to bring the charges. I mean, I suppose right. the, the prosecutor could bring charges so, if they wanted to. There were several points here where the, the sheriffs, uh, or the, the deputies in this case, they could have turned right around and said, you know, this is silly. We're going to find some real criminals. But when they took her into the uh, the juvenile detention area, it says here in the article, the student now faces a felony charge for the possession of a weapon on school property, and the principal has suspended her for 10 days. The parents couldn't be reached for comment. Couldn't they have just said, you know, all right, we've taken her off the school campus. She's 10 years old. Clearly, she didn't have any intention of harming anybody. Let's just waive the charges and get her back in her parents' hands. There's no charges home. to waive. They haven't char- They would charge but, her, but not to, to not charge her. Right. To... I, I say if the sheriffs, um, you know, the, the sheriffs had multiple opportunities not to do this. Right. Um, I'm sure they had to call it in and get uh, word from their supervisors who said, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, what's the school's rule? Well, the school says it has zero tolerance, and if there's a weapon, the child, child will be ju- charged. Oh, we need to charge her then. Oh, okay, we'll charge her. You know, everybody's right. like, oh, well, they want it done, fine. It's, it's just, uh, it's outrageous. <laughs> it's, it really it's is. It's outrageous and some. Yeah, uh, I mean, no one can be fooled, I don't think, anymore into thinking that this government is here to protect and serve anyone but the state. Is there anybody, did anybody put their name, is there any name in this article at all? Captain James Pogue, the Marion Sheriff's County spokes bureaucrat? I I don't know, I mean... Marion County School Bureaucrat spokesperson, uh, Kevin Christian. Two names. Idiots. And they all have the same, we're just following orders mentality. Hey, Mark... The voters re- elected the uh, representatives who put these laws into effect, so it's clearly the will of the people, right? Sounds sounds like nonsense to me. I can't imagine that you would walk around and anyone would say um, that. I, I can't imagine you get one percent of the population. There will always be one percent. Man, I almost feel bad for these cops. They can't even think for themselves at all. They can't. They can't do any free thought. And imagine working in a job where you just had to go buy the books with ev- everything. Right. You, no one could trust you to make any kind of a sound judgment call or anything. And you just have to go buy the books forever. Yep. That's no job that you want to do. That's <laughs> not something that you look forward to waking up in the morning and doing. You are effectively an automaton. You are just a functionary. You don't have any of, as you're saying, you don't have any ability to really affect what you're doing, at least in an instance like this. There are some instances where the cops have the ability to, you know, they pull you over and you've got some weed, they could just let you go. I mean, there are certainly some areas where they have that ability, but in in a story like this, they're just functioning like robots. Eh, Here is what we must do. We must charge 10-year-old girl. I mean, don't they have kids of their own? What kind of pride do you get from your work? Right. How do you go home at night? What do you tell your wife when you go home at night? Or, or six, husband? Bag myself a 10-year-old right. a steak knife. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do today, honey? Well, we uh, arrested a 10-year-old. What for? Well, she was cutting her steak <laughs> at school. How can you... It's mind-boggling. It really is. And whenever we bring these stories up, it's like you said, Mark, 1% of the population couldn't possibly even support this. And never, never does anyone ever call to defend this. And, of course, if we were to actually take the time to call these bureaucracies and say, hey, we'd like you to come on the show to talk about this, they would say, sorry, no comment. No, we're not interested in coming on. It's an on. ongoing case we can't yeah. Hour 2 is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. We'll talk about the justice system in moments. Free Talk Live. <laughs> 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there. We give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Going right into the phone calls. Talk to Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Hey, Paula. She's gone. All right. Well, so much for that. 1-800-259-9231, talking That's about... pretty much her backyard there, uh, Florida, that story that we were talking about. We were talking about a story last hour. We have all new listeners now, so we're going to move on and talk about the justice system. It's sort of related to where we were last hour, uh, just this insanity of zero tolerance and just the, these mindless laws being enforced by uh, people that they don't have to think about anything. And then, of course, once things get to the courtroom, it, things don't get any better. I mean, it's bad enough with the cops on the streets and these uh, these bureaucrats at the schools uh, harassing kids for bringing steak knives to cut their lunch with. But then when you actually get to the courtroom, Jeffrey Tucker from LewRockwell.com has a few thoughts, a few observations. He says, if you think about it, it's inherently implausible that the state could be an effective administrator of justice, for which there is a supply and demand like any other good. Shortages, inefficiencies, arbitrariness, and underlying chaos all around are going to be inherent in the attempt. Because it's bureaucracy. It's what happens. Because we're dealing here with the meeting out of coercion, we can add that inhumane treatment and outright cruelty are also likely to be an inherent part of the system. Even so, nothing had prepared me for what I witnessed in the courtroom the other day. Like a fool, I thought I might be able to beat a traffic ticket that I received a block from my home. The policeman says I slowed almost to a stop rather than completely stopped at a stop sign on a three-way stop for where there were no cars in any case. So my prize was a ticket. The officer says, and once again, you know, another cop who could have been out investigating real criminals, just doing stop sign duty. The officer says, I'm not guilty, but I have to sign this form anyway. I can challenge it on my court date. So, again, foolishly, I decide not to go the route of everyone else, admit guilt and cough off, but instead decide to show up at court. Except on my It's always an educational process anyway. Sure, sure. Except that on my appointed date, the judge wasn't even there. (laughs) Why? Well, they wouldn't say. Is he sleeping in? No, was the answer. Taking a family (laughs) vacation? Outrageous that I should even ask. Okay, then. How about I see the substitute judge? Well, there is no such thing. (laughs) But if I hadn't shown up, I would go to jail for failure to appear. How is it that he can fail to show up and everyone acts like this is normal? Silly me. This is the state. Different rules apply to it versus me. It's it absolutely is true. You know, for some reason the judge is this it's it's like a religious figure or something like that. Mm-hmm. Somehow, that big old gown. He can he can uh, not show up for court, but if you don't show up for court, you're going to you're going to go to jail. Yep. Uh, says, so I'm given a new court day six weeks later. He should, b- because he wasn't there, the guy should be able to go and, you know, not Case pay. dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah like at the very the least. There. I show up again and tell the clerk that I plan to say I'm not guilty. This moved my, uh, moved my papers to the bottom of the stack, which <laughs> is a very bad omen. I would end up sitting in the courtroom all morning, listening to some 40 cases of people who are not so foolish as to protest the judgment of the officer of the law. So why were they there then? To say 
guilty. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But the, but cop they, their plea. If they pay, if they pay the fine, they're guilty. I don't know. Okay. But then again, it wasn't so bad. I got an education. It turns out that in a courtroom packed with criminals, not even one of the people who appeared before the judge was a danger to society. Nearly all... Okay, so it's apparently not just traffic court markets uh, handling a lot of things. I see. Nearly all were in for victimless crimes. The two who had perpetrated actual crimes, petty theft from Walmart and the local mall, could have easily been dealt with without involving the state. So far as I could tell, the place could have been emptied out completely, and our little community would have been no worse off, and massive human suffering could have been avoided. But that's not the way it works. These people, overwhelmingly black and poor, but dressed very nicely in hope of impressing the master, found themselves entangled in the web, and thereby elicited the glare and killer instinct of the spider. How painful it was to watch and not be able to do anything about it. The first case turned out to be typical. This was a person picked up for public intoxication, which amounted to over-celebrating following a football victory and daring to walk on the government sidewalks under the influence of one too many. Should be <laughs> given a reward for not for drinking walking. and driving. Right. What's the deal there? What's wrong with someone stumbling Making down the sidewalk? Making the right decision. Right. Bizarre. Arrested, jailed, bailed out. Now is the time to face the judge. What is your plea? Guilty, Your Honor. What do you have to say for yourself? I'm so sorry that I did this and I won't do it again. The judge then decides to be lenient. He gives the minimum fine plus court costs. I couldn't find any consistency in this pricing scheme, but generally it amounted to between $400 and $1,500. The judge asks the person to pay it now. When the person says he doesn't have that much money, the judge considers a payment plan contingent on the guilty declaring his income to the courtroom, which averages $400 a month. Hmm. How about you pay $100 a month? Fine. Oh, and there's one more thing. Now, hold on. The... The, the the people in the courtroom's average income was $400 no, a month? No, this one particular man he's talking about. Oh, okay. $400 a month. So uh, the judge asks for 100 He says, fine. Oh, there's one more thing. The criminal driver's license, the criminal's driver's license is suspended for six months. How's he going to get to work? For uh, walking? This is the same guy who was walking? That's correct. Oh, so he's affecting his driver's license even yes. though he wasn't in a car? We have to punish the citizens for breaking the law, see? So how is he going to keep his job and get that $100 a month? Well, that's his problem. It's a very special problem since the court has decided... Well, it doesn't sound like he has a real job anyway. I'm sorry. He's <laughs> making $400 a month. It's a very special problem since Part the court time. has decided to loot the person of a quarter of his income during this very period. How can you keep your job? Hard to say. Life is tough. And that's the price you pay for drinking a few beers and daring to walk on the sidewalk. So on it went, for person after person. Tragedy all around. Pointless suffering. There were other victimless crimes. There were a few people who smoked pot, and one who carried a joint clip or some other drug paraphernalia in his car. There was a person who made a false report. And I never did figure out what that was. In any case, he was dragged off to jail on the spot. <laughs> well, I must say that uh, if you're making some false report on somebody, I'd like to see you drug off to jail on the spot. But what about the actual crimes? A lady had stuffed a package of sliced ham or something into her purse while shopping at Walmart. She was fined $800 and had her license taken away. See, now this is the funny part uh, of these things. She was fined $800. Yes. Walmart isn't going to get anything for the loss of its ham. Nope. Assuming, you know, likely they got their ham back if they caught her. Yep. But, you know, the government gets this money. Mm-hmm. What it's a sweet deal. It's a I, scam. You see, you see it time and time again. The government takes money from people for stealing, and then the people that got stolen from get nothing. Those those are the people that need to be made whole. Yep. It, it, 
it happens over and over again. Every time I see some kind of uh, you know case where one person's damaged by another, the government takes a fine and then doesn't require the other party to to make good at all. But we need government courts, Mark, because they work. I'm not saying they do. <laughs> well, and they took her license away. I don't know if I got to that part, but $800 fine. <laughs> And they took her license Why are they for stealing licenses ham. Away? This judge has something about licenses. <laughs> well, it may be the law. It may be, once again, you know, the judge's hands are tied. Right, he has yeah. to follow the law. And so he has to take people's licenses from them. So, now, I understand there are different reasons why people steal things. Uh, you know, there could be a kleptomania thing. There could be just, you know, the excitement or the thrill of stealing. But there's also, um, you know, the fact that they might just be in dire straits financially and feel as though uh, they would be benefiting financially by, by getting away with stealing the ham. That could be a factor as well. Odds are good uh, she's probably not the wealthiest of, of people. Though there are certainly uh, wealthy people that steal, too, again, for the the fun factor or the, the risk factor. Uh, but nonetheless, well, I, presuming I, she was... I don't think that there's much excuse for stealing in America for food. Um, you know, when you start... I mean, I understand what it's like to see other people with more than you mm-hmm. and everything, but look... Uh, it, it, nobody's looking. Nobody's that bad off. You're just a bad steward of your money if you're starving in America. Oh, I agree. I'm just speculating as to the reasons why she might have been stealing, and slapping her with an $800 fine and then taking her license away on the on top of that is not going to help her financial positioning. And I no, and I don't know that it's uh, it doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. I think that she should have her picture um, published in the newspaper, and she should have to make, and she should have to uh, do whatever Walmart says yeah. is the right thing. Absolutely. What do you have you to know, say? with somebody with some arbiter saying uh, you know that's reasonable? The judge said, "What do you have to say for yourself?" She re- re- responded, "I'm very sorry. I need to find other ways to deal with my lack of money." Yes, you do, because we will not tolerate theft in this town. Unless he might have added, "If it's done by the judge under the cover of law." Oh, and one more thing. The lady was banned from Walmart for life. We'll look into this a little further. 800-259-9231. This guy's still waiting for his case. He hasn't even gone up there yet. So uh, we'll find out what happened and take your calls as well. Have you uh, seen this stuff going on in the courtrooms? We'd love to hear your story. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features for free. Over 300,000 posts await you on our bulletin board system. We've got almost 2,000 people interacting. Serious issues, fun stuff. All will be found if you go to bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And do you have more debt than you can pay? You don't have to file bankruptcy. You can pay pennies on the dollar, and your credit doesn't have to take a hit. It's a 100% legal, 100% ethical program that will show you how to get out of debt in 90 minutes. Go to outin90.com. That's outin90.com. Uh, we're talking about the courtrooms of America, justice in America. And really, it's it's just more of a sham than anything else. Uh, it's It's like a public relations scam, essentially, to cover for the government just, just stealing people's money. Uh, there, the gentleman here from LewRockwell.com, Jeffrey Tucker, is explaining to us his recent trip to the courtroom because he had gotten stopped at a stop sign or uh, pulled over after not stopping at a stop sign and decided he was going to challenge it. And when he went to uh, court, he had to sit and wait through you know a whole bunch of cases. He says 98% of the cases weren't actual crimes against another person's property 
or, or harming another person in some way. It was just the usual nonsense of uh, public intoxication, uh, possessing marijuana, that sort of crap. And then finally, when one actual crime came up, a woman who had taken a package of ham from her local Walmart, uh, he points out that this isn't necessary to be handled. The government courts don't need to be handling this. This something that could have just been dealt with uh, with Walmart. And certainly, if we'd had a uh, private system of private arbitration, uh, the woman would not have been charged $800 and had her driver's license taken away for stealing a package of ham. Right, but unfortunately, most of the people who are voting and uh, for bureaucrats that create this bureaucracy of the mm-hmm. court system never experience it. That's uh, right. They're, they're, if they do get a speeding ticket, they just pay it like a good little citizen. They never go in and wait the five hours sometimes it takes to just see a judge and say, "Not, I don't want to plead guilty to this. So they, they never really experience it. So that's just maybe one more reason why it's not going to change. That's a great and, point. And, you know, um, I wonder why there are so many speeding tickets given out. Is it because the speeders are so uh, da- such dangerous drivers out there? I've certainly seen dangerous drivers in my time, people weaving in and out of traffic, people going remarkably fast, people on motorcycles doing papa wheelies in the, mm-hmm. in the middle of the interstate. They're out there. There's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind. But, you know, when you're talking about a, a driving a car 10 miles an hour over the limit or, or whatever. Not stopping at a stop sign? Yeah, not, not coming to a full and complete stop. I don't mean right. flying through the stop sign. I mean not coming to a full and complete stop. These things are uh, they're, they're overly harsh, and the reason that they do it is as a fundraising apparatus. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it, it has little to do with keeping us safe. Um, and it has less to do with keeping us safe and more to do with raising funds. I think it's obvious. That has to be obvious to anyone that pays attention. But like Toby's pointing out, you know, for most people, they just pay the, the, the people that, are, that can afford it. They just cut a check, and they don't have to deal with any of this. Anyway, uh, Jeffrey continues. He says, so the judge asked the woman who'd stolen the ham, what do you have to say for yourself? And she says, I'm sorry. I'll need to find other ways to deal with my lack of money. And he said, yes, you do, because we will not tolerate theft in this town. Unless it, he might have added it's done by the judge under the cover of law. Oh, one more thing. The lady was banned from Walmart for life. Now, this sounds extreme, but it was the only decision... Uh, it was the only decision taken that day that had the feel of something potentially reasonable. Right. It does It does sound more reasonable than anything else. What, might Walmart have handed down this penalty itself? Isn't this a good principle, keeping the thieves away from the store? Makes sense. Perhaps not for a lifetime, but maybe a year or two. But there is one problem. Walmart can't do that. Its shopping space is considered under federal law to be a public space, even though it's entirely privately owned. You can't decide who you are going to let in or out so long as you charge no membership fee. It has to accept all comers. Now, this is news to me. I had no idea that was the case. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Only the state can ban people from public property. And so Walmart must use the state's services. It is being coerced like everyone else. That's bizarre. So in order for Walmart can't just say, Toby, we don't want you here anymore. Thanks, but take your business somewhere else. They have to go... Well, I guess they could say that, but they can't stop you from coming back in. They'd have to go to the government and go through some bureaucratic process of application and paying probably some fee in order to get the government to say, uh, you know, restraining order or whatever on you. So they really couldn't have handled this on their own in any kind of a way that would have gotten them something. Exactly. So they're being coerced just like everyone else. A compassionate and reasonable private solution is against the law. Because remember... The government hates competition. The government would never allow someone to uh, get into the business of protection services and directly compete with its police departments. 
it won't allow that because then it would make it, you know, the, the privateers would make the government just look awful in comparison and no one would want the government services anymore. So it has to pro- prohibit these things. Right. You know, it should be up to um, to Walmart if they ban somebody. They should be able to ban them. Uh, they should have that legal power. If they have private property rights, they should. But they don't because nobody really owns their property. They just rent it from so the government. So apparently when a, when a bar bans somebody, they uh, they can't kick them out if they come in the next day. That's what this guy's saying. I mean, and it's I bet just this guy. I don't know. It's it's likely true. I don't know. Keep in mind, this is a case of theft. The others, they had done no harm to anyone. The machine continued to operate. The judge hardly even looked up, not to even notice how much these nice but exceedingly poor people dressed in an attempt to impress him. They and their lives meant nothing. It was all about keeping the machine working. Finally, 11 a.m. rolls around. The court had already raised for itself about $20,000 from my calculation. The judge says that there will be a short recess before he hears the not guilty cases, mine among them. He'll assign them public defenders to those whose income is low enough and then schedule jury hearings. In other words, I would have to wait and then return at some later date. My kids who came with me persuaded me that this was hopeless and ridiculous and very costly. I should just declare my guilt and pay the $200 for not stopping at a stop sign. And then I'd be free. They didn't want their dad entangled anymore in this system, and that's what I did. I was free to go and join the multitudes who put up with this system of blackmail and money extraction every hour, and no better than to attempt, uh, and no better than to use the uh, uh, to attempt to use the system to challenge it. Most people in my position would never have gone to court, and thereby they will never have seen just how cruel this system is for the poor, for minorities, and for everyone who gets tangled up in this web of coercion and legalized plunder. But now I understand something more fully than I once understood only abstractly. I see how utterly ridiculous it is to think that the state can be the right means to help those who are poor or living at the margins of society. The state is their enemy, as it is for everyone else. 800-259-9231. If you've got a courtroom story uh, that you want to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, you can bring up anything as we go to the phones and talk to Chris in Indianapolis. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with the Intel and Mark. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I was just wanted to uh, tell you what was on TV uh, just now. Uh, I got, uh, Ron Paul was on Lou Dobbs. Okay. And he gave him. Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of funny because he talked a lot about the conspiracy theory stuff. Who, who, Ron Lou, or Lou Dobbs? Lou Dobbs asked Ron Paul that you know, like, oh, you know, all these, all your supporters are all the conspiracy theorists. Well, that's the best they're going to be able to pull out against him, and now he's gotten scary. <laughs> well, he kind of. It's kind of strange how he actually handled it. Kind of. There was actually one thing that he said he had never even heard of, which I forget what it was, but it was uh, it was pretty good. He gave him like he actually gave him an opportunity to talk, and he made a yeah. Uh, what, what was his response to uh, um, you know Lou Dobbs claiming he's a conspiracy? Uh, he said it was he said it was uh, ridiculous, basically. Uh, I yeah, forget the words he used, but he said it was it was ridiculous, and um, he basically just threw it all off. You know, he, they asked him about the. Uh, uh, a remote, like where the plane's remotely flown oh, into geez. the building. You know, that's how it's going to be. It's just going to keep getting worse as far as the just the crap questions they're going to throw at him. And of course, they always ask him the one, are you going to run as an independent? Uh, as he continues to be more popular, it'll just get worse. More on the way, it's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you like toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. Shrine of Female Listeners is there with the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. That is Shrine. FreeTalkLive.com. The new Zero Blaster shoots smoke rings up to 12 feet with a blue LED light to light them up. You can get the Zero Blaster, a Mega Blaster, or a Mini Blaster. Get your blaster at ZeroToys.com. That's ZeroToys.com. Toby was uh, playing with the Zero Blaster a few moments ago. Oh, your really thoughts? Cool. I like it. It yeah. is a good. It's, it's really neat. It's a great <laughs> toy, and it's got that sciency aspect to it as well. So it's uh, you can you could pawn it off as being educational if you like. And yeah. that's what it helps you feel better about they buying. They said it. they've had some, uh, they've had great success this uh, Christmas, and I say it's all because of free talk. <laughs> it's something that's really unique. I've, I've never, never seen, seen anything, like, anything it. like it anywhere before. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I mean, there's there's nothing out there. I don't think that's as good as at blowing smoke rings. I mean, the human being cannot possibly come close. Not consistently, to no. The zero blaster, and human beings don't have the cool LED light either, nor the noise, the little zero blaster noise. <laughs> Uh, so once again, that's ZeroToys.com. There's all kinds of other neat, uh, geeky kind of gifts there. 1-800-259-9231. Will you continue with your phone calls? Let's talk to Tony in Virginia. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind, Tony? Hey, those uh, those fines are pretty hefty. Those, uh, the, the guy makes $400 a month, and he's going to pay $100 a month in fines. Apparently he uh, is. I guess $400 a month would have been good about 1950 or so, huh? Yeah. Well, and, uh, and and what was that other one? Uh, what did you say? How much? Seven hundred dollars, and never gets to shop at China Mart again. Uh, it was t- it was eight hundred dollars for stealing a package of meat, and she got her license taken from her. Well, all more reason to get rid of the Federal Reserve, isn't it? I would well, agree. Certainly, there's uh, there's all kinds of great reasons to get rid of the Federal Reserve, and good job tying it into the Fed. <laughs> well, it, it, it's true. You know, I used to always think, oh God, you know, prices are going up all the time, but now I know why. Yeah. Well, I so think the I government's think always been charging uh, arbitrary and outrageous prices for things, so I don't think yeah. that would necessarily change. They sure love to hide it, don't they? Yeah. You know, they should. Uh, you should get these. You should really try to get these people o- on the air, though. Did you guys hear that interview? Um, you know, remember the vaccine court? Uh, no, what's that? Vaccine uh, court. You don't remember the vaccine court? It was uh, Prince Williams County, outside of Washington D.C., where they uh, called all those parents in. To get vac- get their children vaccinated. You didn't hear about that? I remember hearing something about parents waiting in a line to get their kids vaccinated, but I didn't know there was a special court set up. Oh, for yeah, that. there was a special court. They, uh, they sent out notices to the parents saying that they were going to uh, throw them in jail if they didn't uh, bring their children to get them vaccinated. Wow. It doesn't sound unlikely to me. Oh, um, I believe you. You know, the government loves those idea of mandatory vaccinations. Right. Well, you see, I don't know. Too, I, I haven't like done personal research, but I mean, everything that I hear is that there's no law saying that you have to get vaccinations. Yeah, I'm I not vaccinated. I, I have tetanus shot, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I, you know what? If there was a law that said that you had to have your children vaccinated, I still wouldn't do it. Well, I believe what there is is they say that if you uh, don't get your kids vaccinated, they can't go to government school. Thank God. Really? Oh, what a shame. 
Oh, well, I, I know we feel that way, but these parents, they feel as though they must send their kids to government school because, again, they've already paid for it. And so they feel like they should take advantage of uh, the so-called free education that's being offered. And so they certainly feel uh, like they have to get those shots. And I feel sorry for them because they're just being, you know, they're being herded around like sheep. Yeah. Well, I heard a, I heard an interview, uh, the, um, I think it was Alex Jones interviewed the uh prosecutor in in that county and he just you should just have heard him he's such a smug attitude like you know wow well we've tr- uh, tried giving them uh, free vaccinations and you know we've tried all these resources you know but he did, apparently uh, the guy doesn't even get his own children vaccinated so he must really know what's going on himself in the back <laughs> of his mind but I guess he just doesn't care about all these other people interesting and they were you know, getting the shots right in the court Oh gosh! I didn't hear about that. You know, as as far as getting bureaucrats on the show, I think there's was it been one bureaucrat that we've had on? I, I know five we had the Texas uh, right. Alcohol Bureau of whatever, yeah, whatever. The well, TABC. The lady. I'm sorry. The no, no, it's no. the uh, Texas TABC is what it was. Yeah, it's the Texas oh, okay. Alcohol Regula- uh, Regulatory Bureaucracy, and we had that woman on at that point because the, what were they doing? They were doing uh, sting operations. And you couldn't in, get drunk in hotel rooms or something. You could yeah, basically oh, for being drunk, hotel, publicly drunk. Yeah. yeah, they were they were. But just it was her- in bars. Yeah. Correct. If you were in a bar and you were too intoxicated, they were charged. They were they were charging people. I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, for public intoxication or possibly going to get in a vehicle, even though that's not what they were necessarily going to do. It was just a mess. But we did manage to get that spokes bureaucrat on and talk to her, and it turned out to be a really good interview. Yeah, she uh, was a great interview. It's it, just that I just felt really motivated to go and get that one because the the case was so outrageous. However, this isn't an interview show. It's not a guest-based program, and I don't really have any producers out there doing the footwork for me. So if I place a phone call and no one calls me back, I'm not going to go and beat down their door to try to get them on the show. I just don't have time for... Uh, for all of that, necessarily. But there could be a, a possibility, if I get motivated enough in the future, that we could do something like that. So thank you for the suggestion, and thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231, because it sure would be fun to get them on and, you know, try to hold their feet to the coals. Uh, you don't really ever get very much out of them. They have their specific things that they're allowed to say and things that they're not allowed to say. So pretty much all you can really resort to is just making fun of their agency name, which is what we did. It was great. And it was a lot of fun. So you can, by the way, um, I don't want to tease you too much. You can go to guests.freetalklive.com, and uh, you can listen to the interview there with the Texas alcohol bureaucrat lady. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to John in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. John. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, actually, I've been screaming at my computer since that guy Chris called in. Why? Uh, apparently, he should have been watching Glenn Beck and not Lou Dobbs because that's who interviewed Ron Paul. Mm, maybe he's a little and, d- confused. Isn't it possible well, it, that that Lou Dobbs interviewed Ron Paul earlier today and he was like watching a replay or something? I, I don't know. I just got done watching it on Glenn Beck and it was an incredibly positive interview. Really? Was it? It was. It was fantastic. What about the he war gave aspect? The opportunity to distance himself from the 9/11 nutters. Mm. That's good. What about the, uh, the 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 war aspect? I mean, Glenn and, and Ron Paul obviously disagree on the war, and Glenn Beck is paid to uh, give his opinion and crush anybody who uh, has um, an opinion otherwise of him. Yeah, you can't crush up. Ron Paul. You can't crush principal. I'm sure Ron cleaned him up. What happened? Well, actually, they, he didn't even hold his feet to the fire. He was almost fawning over him. Really? Yeah, it was you know what? It probably is because he sees him as popular at this point. You know, Ron Paul's earned all and this he claims money. To, uh, you know, Glenn Beck is claiming to be a libertarian these days. So. That's true. And start- on top, go ahead. He started the show off by saying he's a libertarian. 
Yeah, he loves to drop that one out there as though it actually means yeah, something. Like it's true. Uh, and, and well, I mean, you know what? It's fine. I mean, everybody starts somewhere on the path to yeah. liberty. And if and if Glenn, Buck's, Glenn Beck is brand new to, to the whole liberty movement, then maybe Ron Paul can help, uh, you know, lead him down that road. Maybe point him in the right direction so he can actually get some principles or something like that. I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, I'm glad to hear it went so well. So did it, did it last the entire hour? As it did. Point? It did. He didn't cut him off. He gave him the chance to uh, answer the questions. Um, oh. get it, actually got his point across. Well, good for him. That's excellent. Anything else on your mind tonight? Actually, uh, what Mark said earlier about the, the speeding tickets being a fundraiser, there was actually an interesting uh, article where I believe it was Washington, D.C., where they had um, speed cameras and red light cameras up. Yeah. And they were actually facing a budget shortfall because people were actually obeying the speed limit and not running red lights. <laughs> right. Now, this is a point I've made over and over and over again. Um, the, the, the fact is, uh, if they really, really, with, with technology the way it is, if they really cared about speeding in your town, if they wanted to protect you from the big, bad speeders and the big, bad stoplight violators, then they would put up cameras to catch these people, and then, therefore, those people would always go the mm. speed limit because they would have consistency. Yeah. But now they have a chance. A very, they're very likely to not get caught speeding, so the cops can just one by one hand out tickets and you know pay for their own paychecks. How many police would we need in this town if it wasn't for uh, the them passing out tickets? That's a good question. What are they going to do in this particular case, uh, John? Are they talking about it? They made a decision. Uh, I don't remember. It was a month ago that I read the article. Uh, they're going to have to uh, pull all the cameras a- down if they want to increase their revenues. It's funny they mentioned the price of the camera systems and then the, the chief of police complaining <laughs> about not having enough money. So typical of government. They just can't calculate. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the place to go, the features there we give away. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll find out all about the program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is we want to get on more radio stations across the country and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. So you can help that happen uh, for as little as 3 bucks a month, and you get perks like access to the AMP only call-in line, chat room, forum. There's some more details there for you. AMP.freetalklive.com. It makes a big difference for us. Uh, so movies, lingerie, and marital aids. AdamEve.com has got a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off at AdamEve.com slash talk. Uh, by the way, 10 million customers swear by AdamEve.com's product quality. This isn't some fly-by-night business. These guys are serious. No, they, yeah, they're, they're serious, and you know they're testing out Free Talk Live to see if uh, this uh, this advertising will work for them. So if you were thinking about doing it, this is the last read for AdamEve.com. Ooh. Now uh, we're never we're never coming back and reminding you, and unless this works for them, I don't know. I have to get some kind of feedback from them, but. Uh, that was it. That was the two-week uh, ad run. So, so you've been waiting to buy. Uh, if you, I mean, they may act. They may have that link active the link will for a be little while. For quite some time. I, okay. I, you know, I made sure that they understood that we. Had so if you're listening podcasts. to this on podcast two weeks later, you can still get that deal. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Adamive.com/talk for that fifty percent off deal. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to Paula in Florida. Paula. 
Do you ever have to? Do you ever have to buy any marital aids for uh, you and the hubby? No. No. That's good. Mm-hmm. How I talked about this little girl. That Relationship's still about. pretty good. I mean, how many years have you been together? Uh, forty-something years. Wow! Congratulations. That's amazing. Now, well, anyway, are you nearby this little girl in in Ocala? I want, what happened to her was ridiculous. It is. What's and this? I mean, don't they give things at school to eat your food with? Oh, the steak. Okay, you got you got to understand. I don't even know what she's talking about, uh, and no, nor do our listeners. We're talking about a, a little girl, ten years old, who in the first hour we discussed how she was arrested, charged with a felony for bringing a knife to school. She wasn't brandishing it; she was just eating Cutting her lunch. Her lunch. What were your thoughts, Paula? Go ahead. Well, I mean, if they don't, they have silverware or something there to cut the meat up with, or not? I don't think so. You're probably going to get well, plastiware at best. Well, they should it, have something there. Most of the things that I got served at uh, at high at school, I was I only went to a public school in high school, so mm-hmm. I don't know what what it's like in elementary school or anything. Uh, but you could cut it with a plastic fork. I mean, it was <laughs> it wasn't really uh, tough stuff. So if she if she was brown bag surprise, it, so if she was bringing this, uh, you know, the leftover from mom's steak last night for lunch, if mom packed yeah. that up for her and then sent a steak knife with her, yeah. then I guess that would be the only thing that she could have to cut it up with. Well, I know that a lot of the meat today is so tough, you can't cut it with a fork. Mm. You have to use, I mean, we found this out ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it but depends anyway, on how you cook it. What they, what they did was ridiculous. I would agree. It's, it's Absolutely. completely insane. What would you have I mean, done in that case, Paul? Anyway, another thing, too, I want to let you know okay. about Ron Paul. Yes. yes. And the threats he's had. It's threats? Been taken, it's been taken care of. Oh, my God. Excellent. Whoa, you, you got do, connections. Paula? I tell okay, you, Paula knows everybody. Okay, let me tell you what I did, okay? All right. I called the U.S. Attorney General's office. Right. I let them know what was going on. I said, this has been all over the world already about the threats. Right. And so my, I told them, I said, but my family's running with him, too. And I said, this ain't going to happen. And so I got a hold of the representatives up in Washington and let them know what, what was going on. Well, Micah said, something needs to be done right now. And so anyway, uh, he was going to contact him up there, and I contacted him back here and told him what he said. And so then uh, I told him, I said, nobody's going to threaten my family. And no, so, Paula, anyway, it is amazing what you can do with a phone call. She's got well, connections. I, I called somebody, and she told me who it was that was behind it. Really? Who was it, Paula? I don't know if I'd be safe in saying it over here or not. <laughs> all all right. Somebody well, we all know in Washington. Yep. That's working with our president. Well, if, really, if you know these secrets and they could it could cost somebody as valuable as uh, yeah. Ron Paul, you better keep them to better yourself. Better to keep it quiet, Paula. Thanks for going yeah. out there and going but to anyway, bat for Ron I, Paul. I, I I'm did, sure he appreciates did, the extra life that he has as a result. Thank you, Paula. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I mean, Paula can pick up the phone and make things happen that no other American that I've ever met can do. <laughs> I mean, she, she picks knows a, people. Right. She All she has to do is dial some numbers on the phone, and she has her representative on the phone with her, not just some aide or some flunky answering the phone at the, uh, the, the representative's office, but John Micah himself, Florida State Representative, picked up the phone, and he made a call, and it, you, now Ron Paul's going to be safe for the rest of the election, thanks to Paula's efforts. You know, if Paula hadn't done that, he might have been assassinated or something. And I thought it was going to be a completely normal call for once. I was almost disappointed. (laughs) 1-800-259-9231. And if you believe that one, I have a bridge to sell you somewhere. Uh, Because, come on, seriously, has anyone ever tried to call government bureaucracies, including representatives' offices? I have called representative offices. Have you ever talked to the representative? No, I never had the the expectation that I would actually get through. Well, 
You don't. You talk to, uh, you know, the aide. Yeah. Or That's what you call planning on doing is leaving a message for the aide. Just be a number right. to get your point across. Yeah. And you hope that they write it down right. and you don't really know if they're taking the notes or anything. There's no way to verify uh, if they care or bother to, to jot things down. So, I mean, they and no one. It's just useless for the most part calling these guys. Uh, that said, though. Sending an email doesn't take a lot of effort, and DownsizeDC.org has come up with a brilliant system mm. that allows people to get in touch with their representatives, and multitudes of people do it all at the same time. So it's not just one phone call coming through. It's several uh, emails and several faxes. Right. They tell you that in, in advance. You know, they, they send out an email right. updating you on, this is happening right now. The representatives are dealing with this today or tomorrow or whatever. Send them a message. Um, here's what you can send them, and then they give you an opportunity to put a little... Uh, you know, personalized message inside of it. We'll talk more with uh, Jim Babka from DownsizeDC.org uh, next week. So on our live Christmas Day edition, that's right, uh, if I haven't announced it yet, we are going to be doing live editions of Free Talk Live on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so no, re- no need to tune out. We're going to be here. All the other shows on your radio stations, if you're listening to us on the radio, probably no one's going to be there. They're going to give you a so-called best of. Free Talk Live will be live. We look forward to, to interacting with you. And uh, we'll have Jim Babka on from DownsizeDC.org. Nikki emails in one of our new amplifiers. She says she has an important question. While recently discussing Ron Paul and his views with my fiancé, who's yet to come around to your show or Ron Paul, he asked me some really good questions I was unable to answer. Isn't it true that a president must receive approval from Congress before making any changes to government? Would it be possible for Paul to immediately withdraw the troops from Iraq like he wishes to, or is it likely that he would have to battle the inevitable differences in opinion in Congress and wait to receive approval first? Well, um, your fiancé is correct that a president doesn't make law. Well, at least that's what the Constitution says. Effectively, um, presidents have uh, grown uh, larger and more powerful throughout the years, and they they really do make uh, policy in a lot of ways. Um, so what Ron Paul could do is he could rip uh, pages right out of the old um, executive rule book there and, sure. and you know all these uh, executive orders that have been signed throughout the years that presidents essentially have made law on their own. Right. He can tear that out. So he, he can. can destroy all that. He the can president also, is also um, the, uh, the, the commander of chief of correct. the armed uh, forces. Now, he doesn't have the ability to declare war. But then again, Congress never declared declared war on either Afghanistan or Iraq. Right. We, as a matter of fact, have not declared war since World War since 1941. So that doesn't so, matter. Congress is of no consequence when it comes to moving the troops. Right. The president moved them in, so therefore Ron Paul, as president, can, can move, move them, them out. out. In fact, he can move them out from all around the world, not just Iraq, but you know Afghanistan and Korea and the other 130 plus countries that the U.S. military occupies. She goes on. Oh, and by the way, one other thing the president can do is he can pardon people. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to ask Ron Paul this. Hopefully, we'll have him back on the show. I want to know if he's going to pardon all the nonviolent drug offenders in federal prison. Because mm-hmm. Harry Brown was uh, was going to do that, and that would be something he could do on his first day in office just with a stroke of his pen. That would be huge. That would be an amazing thing. Anyway, what about the U.N., she says, which I know Paul opposes, but what, would, he have any, uh, would he have to answer to them? I certainly don't think Ron Paul <laughs> would be answering to the U.N. What about approval from Congress to rid the U.S. of the IRS, Homeland Security, and the Department of pretty much anything? How easily would that be really for a president to pass, especially when you take into consideration the thousands of Americans working for these organizations that would basically become unemployed? Well, um, it wouldn't. The, the president could not do that 
with the stroke of a pen. There's no way. But what he is, is he's the most televised public speaker in the world, in mm-hmm. America. Congress has to listen to everything he says. He has the bully pulpit, as it were. But now, wait, he's the executive branch, the head of the executive branch. Now, I don't claim to know a whole lot about how this works, but the Department of Homeland Security is also part of the executive branch, isn't it? I'm sure that it was created so, by law. Couldn't he, therefore, like fire the top guy and bring in his own guy and say, all right, fire everybody. I think that he could probably do things from the inside. I don't know specifically. There are probably a number of things he can do that we just aren't aware of. He could also veto everything. Bigger government. We haven't seen a lot of that happening. (laughs) definitely something he can do. Uh, What has George Bush done? Less than five vetoes uh, his entire time in office? Hour 3 is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Uh, So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. On the way here, if we get a chance, we'll tell you about uh, some police officers that raided the wrong home and traded shots with a frightened family. We'll let you know if anyone made it out alive. Uh, But first, we uh, go to the world of the Ron Paul campaign, because he's worth talking about. This man is newsworthy, uh, raising $6 million on Sunday in a 24-hour period, something that has never been done in the history of American politics. It's really amazing. I never thought, I mean, I always said that I thought that he would get this far, but really thinking back on it, I never thought that it would come this far. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surpri- I must say I'm surprised. I've had faith all along, but I'm surprised. Certainly not this soon. Right. Uh, it just didn't seem like liberty was attainable anytime soon. And I really don't know how attainable it is now, but you were saying during the break, Mark, that you really feel uh, now that, like, it, that he could win, and you yeah. didn't necessarily feel that way before. Well, I've always felt like it was uh, the, the biggest problem was the primary, um, you know, mm-hmm. the Republican primary for Ron Paul, not the general election. I think he'll do rather well against whatever Democrats out there. That's when the real and true mudslinging begins, and he's he's a Boy Scout, you know, and um, the ideals of liberty sometimes can be painted in an ugly fashion, but he's going to do okay in that, in that area. It's, it's making against the other Republicans that, as far as I can tell, are all neocons, um, that he's going to have the most trouble, and... Man, he's do he's he's trending upwards. The rest of them are trending downwards, except right. for, except for Huckabee, the most dangerous man. But as far as fundraising is concerned, he's trending upwards, and I don't think anybody else really is. The flatlining. Uh, a lot of the campaigns are in the red. Did you hear Huckabee's trying to do the uh, the ripoff on Ron Paul again? They're going to try to do a money bomb for yeah. Uh, Huckabee. Huckabee's yeah. got like four hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Right. Yeah, last I mean, time they tried that, didn't they? Not even raise a hundred thousand dollars. There was a, there been a handful of <laughs> of the other candidates that have tried to do it, and uh, I don't know if this is his campaign that's doing it or again if. It's just the uh, the organized or the, the the volunteers, but they're shooting for what is it? I think I think it's gonna be the twenty seventh. Yeah. Well, how much how much are they um, hoping to make? They're trying to make a million. 
Yeah, one <laughs> million dollars. Ron Paul did that in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> And it's amazing how these money bombs work with Ron Paul. Like, I had already given all the money that I was planning on giving Ron Paul, at least for the primary, but you see the number going up and you can't help but... You dug a little deeper, huh? Give a little bit more. Uh, By the way, we'll tell you later this hour how you can uh, give a little bit of extra money to the Ron Paul campaign uh, through Free Talk Live, but one of the things that has sort of bugged us on the air recently is that there is this group of... You would think that if people believed in liberty... That if people believed in freedom, that if that if the non-intervention, uh, you know, the principles of non-intervention and the non-initiation of force, you know, the things that people like us live by, the principles that uh, that libertarian-minded people, liberty-oriented people live by, you'd think that if people, um, you'd think that people that thought in that fashion, if they saw what was happening with the Ron Paul campaign, they would get so excited, they would be into it, you know, they would want to see Ron Paul win, they'd go out and vote for him. And I think for the most part, they do. But there's a certain segment of the liberty-oriented uh, population out there that they consider themselves too principled for Ron Paul. Mm, yes. They consider themselves, mm, I don't know, um, looking down on Ron Paul. And they're saying, well, I don't agree with him on 100% of the issues, and so therefore I'm just going to stay home this <laughs> primary season. Well, I, I don't agree with them on 100% of the issues, but he's a... Uh whole lot closer than anyone, any politician that I've ever seen run for a federal office. Right, you know, and <laughs> the, the fact is, I, I, I've come to sort of question, because I say I'm not, I don't vote for the lesser of two evils. And what I've realized, what I mean by that is, is I won't vote for a politician that I disagree with more than half the time, mm-hmm. or at least, or even like close to half the time. No, because then I'm going to disagree half the time. Sure. Um, whereas Ron Paul, I disagree with him about 90% of the time. Therefore, I'm on board. Oh, yeah. Right. As am I. And I consider myself a, a very principled free marketeer. I have no compunction whatsoever with going out and voting for Ron Paul. Because on the scheme of things, having Ron Paul in the presidency is far more desirable than any of those other candidates. And the fact is, one of them is going to make it. But from all the points that we've made on, uh, you know, promoting Ron Paul and talking to this cadre of people out there that says, well, we're anarchists and we won't vote for anybody. Voting's immoral. We've had this discussion several times on Free Talk Live, and I don't mean to rehash that. But there is a uh, post that's come up at LewRockwell.com, Anthony Gregory. He is also an anarchist, and, uh, and he has written an open letter to anarchists on behalf of Ron Paul. So to try to gain, uh, you know, a little bit more support from those who have, you know, turned up their nose in disgust at Ron Paul. Ha, how dare he? He's running for the presidency of a state, state government. Government is terrible. We can't possibly soil ourselves by voting for this man. Uh, he's going to do his best to persuade you. And I think it's worth talking about. So he says, I don't believe that the state, any state, is legitimate. All states, at a minimum, use aggressive means to maintain a territorial monopoly on legal violence and to finance themselves, most commonly through taxation. In practice, their aggression never stops there. Morally, I cannot support such institutions, and as as a strident believer in free markets and voluntary cooperation, I oppose the use of violent institutionalized central planning for practical reasons, too. The economic case against state socialism applies to the state's law and order functions as well, and it applies, or as well as it applies to the socialist provision of any other good or service. Empirically, government justice is a sham. So, he's got creds. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy's credentialed anarchist, a uh, free marketeer. 
He says, why am I asking my fellow anarchists, those who also reject the state on ethical or practical grounds, to lend support to Ron Paul, a Republican politician running for president? How can an anarchist of any stripe get excited about a man who seeks the most powerful office in the most powerful state in world history? Some anarchists oppose Ron Paul's candidacy simply because he's not an anarchist, and the presidency itself is an office that can never be defended, no matter who holds it. This is a respectable enough position, but it neglects the full significance of this campaign, both short and long term, to the cause of liberty. If Ron Paul were to actually win, he would indeed fail to smash the state entirely, and that is neither his intention nor his promise. However, he would clearly move American society far closer toward the anarchist ideal. He would put to rest the most tyrannical and hierarchical organization as it concerns international affairs, the U.S. Empire. He would close down the American bases on foreign soil, halt the murderous invasions and bombings. And the president is probably the most the, the president is the most important guy in the world, as far, at least in the United States, as far as foreign policy goes. It's true. He sets foreign policy. He could stop dictating terms to other nations and end the horrifying U.S. regime of torture and indefinite unchecked detentions. He would end the war on terror, which the two parties intend to maintain for a lifetime. All this alone would make Ron Paul a remarkably unique president. On the world scene, it would finally mean anarchy between nations. There would be no global policeman, the role currently executed by the U.S. government. So again, he's using the term anarchy to uh, to connotate lack of uh, lack of rule, not necessarily this you know violent uh, bomb throwing term that you normally hear bandied about in the media. He says we would also see an end to the Federal Reserve's monopoly on currency, the very mainspring from which the entire U.S. corporate state emerges. So remember, when um, the government can print money, which is what it does through the Federal Reserve system, it can fund itself forever. It doesn't matter if you don't pay your taxes. They'll just print it out. And then they spend it on bombs and weapons and, you know, send them over and kill people with. Which it takes, um, you know, takes a, a, a huge check and balance away from the American people. If the American people wanted to say, you know, we're sick of this government, this regime, whatever, you know, right. which, whichever it may be, whether it's uh, Democrat, Republican, or, or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Hillary's it, palling up with George, uh, the George Bush Sr. now. I, I would agree entirely that it doesn't matter. Yeah. But there are people out there that think that it matters. Sure. Um, and, you know, it takes away the check and the ba- balance of the American people. The only way you can get rid of the government um, is is by violent revolution. What if George Bush decided, I'm not leaving office? What if Bill Clinton decided, I'm not leaving yeah. office? It doesn't matter. You pick your uh, politician's name. Sure. I, pick your least favorite or favorite po- politician. Stick him in there. What if he decided, I'm not leaving what are, you, what are we going to do about it? You could stop paying taxes, but they can print the money. They don't care. Right, so it doesn't matter. Whereas if they couldn't print money, if people actually stopped paying taxes, it would really hit them where it hurt. More on the way here. 800-259-9231 on why people that are completely anti-government should really consider voting for Ron Paul. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and click and download them right there on the front page of the website. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee. You just go and get them. freetalklive.com. 
Perhaps you may own or know someone who has a company that is struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect on these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiencies and the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. We are talking about a uh, a bit of a conflict that's been going on for a little while in the liberty movement. It's between those who are willing to be a little bit pragmatic and uh, participate in the system of politics, as, as icky and disgusting as it as it might be, and it is a nasty, nasty business politics. Um, so I understand, and it's not quick, or um, right. you know, it doesn't bring about results right away. So I understand where the people are coming from when they say that they don't want to sully themselves by participating in it. However, I don't think it's very effective. Uh, I think that uh, participating in politics can do all kinds of great things for the liberty movement, as we're seeing with the Ron Paul campaign. Right. We have um, already Americans uh, by the uh, in, in the majority are boycotting elections. Um, when you're talking about local sure. elections, state elections, even in most cases, national elections, uh, perhaps you might be able to say for the president – uh, that you know maybe there's been a time I think that the G- George Bush Kerry um, thing brought out maybe a majority of I think uh, you're right. registered voters. I don't know, but I can tell you that by and large Americans are boycotting elections. Yep. And what is that resulting in? Is the government uh, shaking? Is it beginning to crumble? No. No. We already have people boycotting elections. The idea of boy- boycotting elections is pointless as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I can completely understand not voting for someone and going out to vote if there's no one to vote for. If it's 50 one way, 50 the other. I mean, don't vote. But if there's actually someone who could make a difference for some people out there, for <laughs> someone to downsize the government even right. a little bit, what what harm does it do? I've met these people and talked to people who say they don't vote. They've checked themselves out of the system and they think that it's wrong to work in a coercive system and, and vote. But I've never met someone, one of these persons who also will refuse to accept Federal Reserve notes, which is also participating <laughs> in the system. Right. Oh, don't so forget, how principled are they? Don't forget uh, paying, paying gas, gas taxes, taxes on right. their, um, you know, and driving right. on government roads and all the other things that go in participating in the system. You know, it, it, how the, much worse is one vote after you're doing all this? What's one vote? Right, and and again, we could get into the, the minutia of is voting, uh, you know, immoral? No, it's not. You're not actually harming anyone, and you aren't giving anyone specific orders to harm anyone by voting. You're trying to reduce the amount of damage that these government people are doing. Anyway, Anthony Gregory at LewRockwell.com is imploring the uh, the anarchists, the voluntarists, the uh, the free marketeers out there who have rejected the system. He's imploring them to come back and get behind the Ron Paul movement, and for some very good reasons. And I think it's very persuasive, and that's why I wanted to share this with you. And by the way, I'm reading a truncated version. You can get the full thing uh, at LouRockwell.com. But essentially, he's pointing out that Ron Paul, as president, could really do some amazing things. You know, the least of which is bring the troops home from around the world, uh, you know, end the Federal Reserve monopoly, and actually restore some real value to the currency, that sort of thing. These are real tangible things that can really help the, the status of liberty in America. Well, now, um, the president probably wouldn't be able to do anything about the Federal Reserve in and of himself. Uh, Andrew Jackson had uh, a hell of a time returning us to a gold standard. Uh, what was he, the ninth president of the United States mm-hmm. or something like that, um, quite some time ago. And we managed to stay on a gold standard, and our money was, you know, people worked for real money at that time. And we've we've kind of flirted with this uh, fiat currency for a while in our history. But 
Ron Paul's not going to be able to do it on his own, but at the very least he'll have a, a, a very tall platform from which to speak about the evils of a central bank. He, uh, Gregory seems to be pretty cons- he seems to be pretty convinced that uh, we could see the end. I mean, the end of the Federal Reserve's monopoly. Maybe there'd be some way to for Ron Paul to get around that. I don't know. He also points out we'd see the end of the federal drug war. Uh, we would see the greatest retrenchment of American state power since this the end of the World War One, if not ever. How could an anarchist not cheer all of this on? Most anarchists will admit some preference among different forms of government, different rulers, and different regimes. As much as we all agree that all states are evil and intolerable, it would be extreme myopia to pretend that there's no difference between Hitler's Germany and the modern Swiss government, for example. We would all prefer less opposition to, or less oppression to more, and a Paulian system of government would mean much, much much less. It would rate among the most radical revolutions in all of the course of human experience, and it would be done without firing a single shot, I might add. Mm. The, po- uh, the poet and pioneer in pharmacology, Dale Pendle, has formulated the concept of horizon anarchism. Our goal should be to move ever closer toward anarchy, as sort of this, this no, n- where, where there's no existence of a government, that kind of anarchy, toward freedom and voluntarism, even if we don't achieve the full ideal in our lifetimes. To eschew all radical reform proposals that don't go all the way toward our ideal would be folly. After all, we'll n- we will likely never see all criminality and violence eradicated, even if we were to somehow achieve political anarchy. Yet... That's no reason not to move forward and celebrate all progress toward our goal of a peaceful, voluntary society. There seems to be this uh, group of people out there that believes that if you just sit back and let the government get bigger and bigger, that eventually it'll just all crumble in upon itself, and then we'll have uh, the stateless society magically out of nothing. And that's just nonsense. Right. You, you have to get people uh, to understand liberty before you can have liberty. Yeah. And if the state does crumble in, and it will eventually if it keeps growing, that much is true. If the state does crumble, if people don't get liberty, you're just going to have another state within moments. Right. And, th- th- that's the part of um, the, the whole, uh, you know, I have to deal with uh, people that call themselves anarchists on this show on a regular basis. I believe in small government, but to me... Uh, anarchism's impractical. Here's one of the, the the main reasons I consider it impractical because there is no plan for implementation. None, zero, zip. They just don't I have a plan. Ha- What's that? Uh, to get to the free market, you uh, you. I thought you were an anarchist. Uh, you're, you're a free market. I'm here. a free market. Yeah, here. that's right. different, right? So <laughs> anyway, sort of. I, I'm just I'm just saying that the vast majority of them have no plan. What they're hoping is they they just want to be right. It's a moral position. Mm. It's not a position of practicality. It's not a position that makes any damn sense. It's a moral position. As far as I'm concerned, the vast majority of them make about as much sense in their plans of implementation as did those people that killed themselves when the comet went by. The hail bop people. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's it. That's you know, it's a moral position and it's nutty. I mean, I'd love to hear of another plan, really. I mean, if there's something else out there, if there's somebody, if there's a so-called anarchist out there with a real plan as far as as far as how to get from here to there, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, one thing that scares me about the people who are just waiting for the government to grow so big and this house of cards to grow so tall that it actually crumbles. It's going to fall on some people. There's yeah. some people, there's millions of people that have based their lives in this house of cards. And if you're not dismantling it, um, and just if you're just waiting for it to fall down without dismantling it and letting people know, look, you need to find an alternative place to send your kids. You can't count on the government to provide you with Social Security right. and Medicaid and everything. Well, that's going to fall on those people, and it's going to hurt them. What so, about the activists themselves? Exactly. I mean, as the state grows, especially this federal government that we have with their renditions How and taking people off the of streets... It? 
what makes you think that you're going to be immune from them coming and, and snatching you up in the middle of the night as somebody who is, you know, a vocal opponent of the state? What makes you think you're going to be immune from that? Are you willing to sacrifice yourself in that way? Is that moral somehow? 800-259-9231. Gregory's points out, similarly, we might never see the total absence of government, but that's no reason not to welcome all steps in that direction. At least don't actively oppose them. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features for free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, We've got... Updates, you just get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce, you'll know first. Updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. It's free, of course. Updates.freetalklive.com. Sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th. All of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Go to LibertyDollar.org. We are trying to convince those who are just actively opposed to any participation in the political system at all to get out there and get behind the Ron Paul campaign for good reasons. And we'll continue with that, but we need to go to the phones. Let's talk to Mike in California listening on KSCO. Hey, Mike. Mike, California. Mike in California going once. Mike in California going twice. Perhaps our board op has fallen asleep. We will try Mike back here in a moment. Uh, But Anthony Gregory at LewRockwell.com, a man who definitely has his anarchist credentials. And he he's using the term anarchist in his uh, writings here. I personally don't like it. Uh, I don't care for it at all. I think it it connotates bomb throwing. It connotates violence. Uh, Of course, that's not what... uh, that's not what anarchy really is. Anarchy is just simply the lack of the state. Right. The vast majority of people that you that, that are labeled anarchists in the news um, and are you know found doing something violent are in fact just radical communist socialist types. Right. So there's a lot of confusion out there with that term, but nonetheless, uh, we're talking about people that don't want to participate at all and people that are generally very pro-liberty. They want freedom just like we do on this show. It's just that they don't want to participate in politics. And so Mr. Gregory is pointing out that they should, for, for good reasons. Because Ron Paul, if he's elected to president, he can actually make some significant changes, like pulling the troops back, ending the war on drugs, you know, all kinds of different things that we've never seen in, the, in decades in this country. Uh, and he points out that what we should be concerned with, if we are people who oppose the government, and I'm one of those people, except I'm willing to participate in, in the political system in order to advance that, uh, that ideology. He says, if we are those people, then we should be supporting anything that moves us in the right direction. As opposed to these, in my opinion, nuts 
that are out there saying, well, we should just sit back and let the government collapse in upon itself, and then we'll have our free, you know, we'll have our freedom. No, well, you won't. A step towards freedom is a step towards right. freedom, and I'll take it. What's the evidence that uh, the government's going to collapse in on itself? And uh, th- but by the way, the government will collapse in on itself. Our government will go away one day. But what's the evidence that it will not be replaced None. by another government? None. There is no evidence whatever. Only with a paradigm shift in the population would that even be possible. And even then, under those circumstances, it's, uh, those are somewhat chaotic circumstances, and who knows what would go on in that, uh, in that realm. Anyway, he points out that since all social conditions, including political structures, are a reflection of public ideology, the Ron Paul revolution has grand implications for the anarchist struggle. Even should he not win the presidency, it's already woken many people up to the principles of liberty. It's exposed many of the contradictions of the state, and it's encouraged the idea that the government is far too large and powerful, a conceptual first step for nearly anyone who comes around to adopt anarchism altogether. Because the fact is, it took me seven years to get where I am today. I didn't start as somebody who was, uh, considered myself a free marketeer. I would have known what a free marketeer was when I discovered uh, the libertarian movement back in, you know, almost a decade ago. I listened to the point. first few episodes of Free Talk Live. It's a different show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was still a libertarian oh, at the yeah. of Free Talk Live. But you didn't have the same exact no, position. Not like I am today. I don't even, even know. Mark. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know that you could call me a libertarian back then. No, you I'm, were in favor of the war. I, yeah, I was, I was pretty much just a Republican. And uh, so this is a process and the people that that have discovered principle and are so you know principled in their ways about liberty, they have to remember that they were once like these other people too. You know, you weren't. You, if you were raised in the government education system, you got the same indoctrination we all did. And it takes time to break out of that mold. It takes you know it takes time to reject uh, the uh, the indoctrination that they imbued into you. He says most of us anarchists were not always such, and we owe much of our own understanding to intellectual movements over hundreds of years, especially the classical liberal tradition, which had a relationship of mutual influence with individualist anarchism in the 19th century. Today, Ron Paul himself welcomes this long-established relationship, even pointing out its speaking engagements, and I've heard him do this, that the Ron Paul revolution has its share of anarchists. Have you heard him do that? Yeah. When he's rattling off his different supporters, Republicans, Democrats, he'll rattle off anarchists in that list. What other politician, says Gregory, would explicitly boast his anarchist support? I mean, wouldn't most politicians consider that just, whoa, keep these people away from me. I don't want to be associated with them. Ron Paul's proud of it. Ron Paul's movement is one that puts liberty at the center and can only be of great benefit to the anarchist cause in the future. Even on those particular issues where anarchists might most disagree with Paul, his position is far less tyrannical and nationalist than the likes of Hillary Clinton or Rudy Giuliani, and still offers a better approach than we can expect to get from U.S. politics in general. While we disagree, his movement's still a blessing for the public's overall consciousness regarding liberty. Do you remember how, you know, a lot of our listeners, when they hear Free Talk Live, and they hear people talking about freedom and liberty, we get these phone calls and we get emails from people saying things like, Wow, I thought I was the only one. Yeah. I thought I was all alone out there. The vast majority of people that do believe like us in, in the concepts of freedom and liberty, classic liberalism, uh, paleoconservatism, whatever it is that you want to label this stuff, they don't have that many people to talk to. And the people that they do have to talk to, they may agree on some issues and disagree on others. Mm-hmm. But if you're a real, live, no-compromises libertarian, 
it is hard lonely world to find people to talk to that you that you know not going to make enemies with by uh, having political conversations but then one day you turn on your radio and you hear free talk live or you listen to us online and you 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 make that connection that same connection is happening on a much wider scale right now with the Ron Paul revolution People are going, you know, they're watching CNN, they're looking at their newspaper, they're seeing this Ron Paul guy, they're finding out what he's all about from friends or family or, again, just news coverage, and they're connecting. They're getting it. And eventually that's going to lead them down the road to hopefully rejecting the government entirely. That's what happened to me. Anyway, finally, to reiterate, he says, he's running not so much on the few issues where he accepts a somewhat active role for the state, but mostly on his strongest issue, the the most important issue of our time. The long overdue dismantling of the American empire after more than a century of international mayhem, financial fraudulence, and relentless assaults on our liberty at home. It's from his priorities that we can tell Ron Paul has no interest in power for its own sake. He doesn't promise to feed the masses from cradle to grave and protect them from every cave-dwelling extremist in the Middle East because he knows the limits of power and the superiority of liberty over false security. He knows the full danger of centralized power in particular, which is why he would not use the central state even to impose his agenda on local um, politics. This decentralist emphasis that we see in his campaign, which parallels nicely with the spontaneous, decentralized, voluntary, and anarchic nature of his grassroots support, is an important component in any meaningful program to actually reduce state power. See, Ron Paul actually can reduce state power. He has a plan, unlike some of those people out there. The federal government, being the largest and most internationally belligerent in all the world, must be shrunk first, and as much as possible, for any of us to have a lasting chance at freedom. When it comes to understanding the true meaning of liberty and having the right priorities, Ron Paul is actually better than many mainstream libertarians and even self-described anarchists. He's awoken Americans to the key issues of foreign policy, civil liberties, and inflationary finance in a way no politician ever has. I mean, even Ron Paul didn't expect it to be this successful. No, he's he, the funny. I think the the best quote that he's got is, um, "Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me to participate in your revolution." Yeah. It's called the Ron Paul Revolution. Is, how humble is this guy? I, you know, I, I, he he is not lying. And you know, most I would say that most people who advocate not voting for Ron Paul, um, you know, from a for a, a principled liberty standpoint, believe that he's a good man that's not trying to uh, you know take over the reins of right. power. It's just they've got this moral position that uh, you know makes no sense whatsoever and is antithetical to what it is they're trying to achieve. Absolutely. If what you if want, what they're trying to achieve is liberty right. and not being right. Right. If, if what, what they're trying to, be, to achieve is being right, they're doing just fine. <laughs> right. If what you want is real advances, if you really want to cut the government uh, down to size, is Ron Paul going to be the magic solution to the government? No. There's some things he just can't do in the office of president. But can he make a huge difference? Yeah. Absolutely. And as as Gregory points out, uh, Anthony Gregory points out here, even if he doesn't get elected. The effect that he'll have on the liberty movement is incalculable right now. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there. We give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. And we'll give you an extra reason. And beyond the fact that the, the products are high quality, great merchandise, you get hats and t-shirts, uh, DVD classic archive collector sets, and more. In fact, free bumper stickers, by the way. Um, not only are the products high quality, but we've given you an extra reason now. 
if you purchase a Free Talk Live t-shirt at the Free Talk Live store, add anything else into the cart you want. As long as you're getting at least a t-shirt, we will contribute $10 to the Ron Paul campaign. That's awesome. Now, shipping for uh, the Free Talk Live store is 10 bucks because we go with real shippers, not the postal service. And so, you know, we get you tracking and we get you insurance and all, and all the things that you mm-hmm. need to have to ensure your package gets to where it's going to be. So it's like Free Talk Live's basically eating the shipping cost and taking that and, and turning it around into the Ron Paul campaign. Mm-hmm. So Free Talk Live t-shirts qualify you. The Free Marketeer t-shirt qualifies you. At least one of those items is in your cart. $10 will be donated to the Ron Paul campaign. So now this is going to be our store owner, Johnson. The store manager, he's going to be the one that's doing the contributing. So it's not like a corporation's contributing to Ron Paul. It's his individual uh, contribution. So we can handle up to 230 orders. So, I mean, if it happens, we can, I mean, he can max out his contribution here if that many orders come through. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, there's the incentive. Okay? If not, we can certainly figure out somebody else to make the donor. The, 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 if there's more orders than that, that's true. We can yeah, find we somebody could, else. We can move that money around. Yeah. Um, so once again, go to store.freetalklive.com. You get the details there. Uh, the lady shirts. If you if you order a lady shirt instead of a regular t-shirt, will contribute five dollars just because the margins are lower on that. Uh, but once again, that is store.freetalklive.com. And we're talking about Ron Paul. Uh, specifically, the response of some of these people that they call themselves anarchists, and I believe that they are uh, voluntarists, people that believe that we don't need government in our lives at all. Uh, it's that kind of anarchist. And I, I empathize with these people. I'm, I'm with them all the way. I don't want government either. I want to get rid of it. But I understand that there are real tangible things that we can do inside and outside the system to get to that goal. And I'm willing to do both. I'm willing to work with people outside of the system doing civil disobedience, and I'm willing to work with the political people, you know, working to repeal laws, working to get liberty-oriented people elected, because there really is value there. And with Ron Paul candidacy, not only would there be value in him actually getting elected, but there's also value in just his campaign. I mean, he's spreading the message of liberty like no one has ever done in the history of... Of this country, in he's the history of mankind. People up. He's waking up so many people who have just been disheartened with the whole entire system have checked themselves out years ago. He's waking people up who have been indoctrinated with government school and never heard anything like this yep. before. And if you watch any of the videos or go to any of his rallies, there are a whole lot of enthusiastic people out there. Uh, if the, it, I don't think it's going to just stop at Ron Paul. So he's doing a whole lot more than just being him he's waking people up i think there may be people looking um back you know as we move into the future turning back and looking back at them uh, at themselves if it's 2012 looking back at 2008 and saying you know it was the ron paul campaign that helped bring me to liberty because i can look back at 2000 and say uh you know it was the harry brown campaign for president the libertarian harry brown that brought me to liberty it was harry brown uh, and by the way i'd like to point out that In Harry Brown's book, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, which I highly recommend, he points out in his original 70s edition of that, he he wrote an update, like a foreword for uh, the 90s edition that was printed, where he talks about how back when he originally wrote the book, he rejected participation in politics. He thought it was just not even worth his while, and for many of the same reasons that uh, these anarchists today also reject participation in politics. And then eventually, as he watched things happen and, you know, watched the political scene develop and saw how the government just kept getting bigger, he decided that he could do more in the system 
then outside of the system, and that's when he threw his hat in the ring for uh, for president. Of course, he was encouraged to do so, but uh, but that's when he threw his hat into the ring in 1996, and then did it again in 2000 because he felt as though he reached enough people, even though he only got you know a few hundred thousand votes in 96. He felt as though he reached enough people with his message to make it worth his while to go out there and do that. Ron Paul's doing the same exact thing now. Yeah, who's Ron Paul going to wake up? I mean, if it's just that right. one person that all you need is that one more person to be woken up. How many people will Ron Paul wake up? I'm here right now. You're here right now, Toby. And Mark, you're here right now I mean, as a result arguably, of Harry Brown yeah. running for a political office that arguably he didn't really want to run for in the first place. So how many different people have been reached through Liberty through that? It's like a grapevine yeah. and it just keeps winding out. So to back off from the Ron Paul campaign and say, it's unprincipled to participate in that, you are really just slitting your throat to spite yourself. Anyway, a few more thoughts from Anthony Gregory. Uh, This from LouRonquil.com. He says, the Ron Paul, he might not excite those anarchists who aren't engaged in the real world and don't care particularly much about what form or power our government takes, or powers our government takes, or how many people it kills and tortures and imprisons. On the other hand, for all anarchists who see U.S. aggression abroad, the destruction of habeas corpus and privacy, the secret torture chambers, the economic fascism, the drug war gulags, and the burgeoning uh, domestic police state as crucial issues constituting a colossal national emergency, Ron Paul's movement is one to be cheered far and wide. And if Ron Paul does win, ushering in the era of limited government, we anarchists can and should oppose what is left of the state. I look forward to a time when government is so small that the debate between anarchism and constitutional libertarianism, the one you hear on this show... Yeah, this is, that's, that's our debate here. <laughs> <laughs> when that debate is the most relevant one before us, in the meantime, I can only support and root for the one man most likely to bring us far closer to that glorious day. Yep. I, you know, it's the one thing that I, I can say about uh, my partner here is uh, that at Ian, at the very least, most of the time, it will take a practical um, view of, you know, small government versus no government. Sometimes he'll stand on his high horse and talk about, you know, we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that based on, you know, it's wrong and all that other stuff. But most of the time, you take a practical view. Constitutionalists and people that believe in no government or, or less government or whatever, there's so many people on the same road. Seventy percent of Americans want a smaller government. We're all on the same road trying to get the same to the you know to similar places. Mm-hmm. Why not get on the train and not fight among yourselves? Yeah, let's have that argument when we actually get there. Right. Exactly. And I, I think that's a you know it's a great vision. To, we can actually see that happening now. I mean, Mark, you didn't think this was possible before, but now it actually feels like it's it's within our grasp. I don't want to get my hopes up that much because I'm just used to being watching libertarian campaigns losing and losing and losing, and so I've been effectively beaten down. But, man, I have to say that on that first money bomb, even I was getting a little excited. What really makes me excited about this one is talking to people who before weren't looking at Ron Paul, and now they're saying, I'm looking at him because now he looks like a candidate. Mm-hmm. He's some, he's, I didn't want to waste my vote before, so I wasn't going to look at him, but... Now that he's a candidate, I'm going to look at him, and there's a whole lot of people doing that right now. So he really does have a chance. It's really cool. It's an incredible outreach opportunity for the Liberty Movement, unlike one we've ever seen. I am absolutely proud to uh, to send money to this campaign. I don't know if they're spending it that well necessarily. I believe they are. I don't really have any evidence for that, but the fact is... The, the, hold on. It doesn't matter how the campaign is spending money. The fact is... 
it's working. Yes. That's all. And the money... Uh, I'm seeing coverage. The, that's what counts. Right. The money given to them, whether used right or used wrong, in and of itself brings news that's articles. Right. Um, if you think that there's other things out there like the Ron Paul Blimp and, and uh, other organizations that will do a better job... Fine, donate to them too, but uh, you know <laughs> now's not the time to look for efficiency. Now's the time to give till it hurts. And what a great opportunity for those who believe in no state, for those who support voluntarism, who support the free market. And again, I prefer the term free marketeer. Uh, for those of us, for those people like me, what a great opportunity for us to get out there amongst the uh, throng of Ron Paul supporters and start talking about true liberty. You know, okay, you like Ron Paul on this. Well, what if we did this? I mean, this is a, it's a wonderful communication opportunity uh, where some people are, are being far more open-minded than they've ever been in the past. Why would you want to reject that just to, you know, not touch the world of politics? I highly recommend you consider getting involved here. RonPaul2008.com. These guys have raised over $18 million in this final quarter of the year, probably going to put them ahead of all of the other Republican candidates. This is the libertarian dream coming true. It is. Why would you want to sit on the sidelines and turn up your nose at it? Because you're a boob. Do you have more debt than you can pay? You don't have to file bankruptcy. You can pay pennies on the dollar, and your credit doesn't have to take a hit. It's a 100% legal, 100% ethical program that will show you how to get out of debt in 90 minutes. Go to outin90.com. That's outin90.com. So, once again, I just don't get it. And I want to you know, invite you to call in if you've heard this hour and you're still on the fence about Ron Paul. Call us tomorrow night. And tell us why. What possibly could hold you back at this point? I mean, that was a pretty persuasive article. Jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jump on the bandwagon with everybody else. Because this guy's principled. He means what he says. And he's embracing anarchists publicly. I mean, that's that's unspeakable. We'll see you tomorrow night. It's been Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.